time. Space. Reality. It's more than a linear path. It's a prism of endless possibility. Where a single choice can branch out into infinite realities. Creating alternate worlds from the ones you know. I am the Watcher. I am your guide through these vast new realities. Follow me and ponder the question. What if? What if? Hey, 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 people out there in live land. How we doing tonight? Subnick Shock here with the podcast of love here, people. No, I'm just joking. Not the love. You know, We know what we need. But anyways, anyways, welcome to the MCU's Bleeding Edge tonight, folks, here out there in the amazing YouTube, Restream, Twitch, wherever you guys are watching from. Thank you for coming on by, stopping on by, and checking us out. We appreciate y'all. We have a wonderful cast tonight to talk about the What If Episode 3 that we'll be talking about tonight. Uh, we have, of course, a couple of veterans that are with us. Of course, we have the awesome Mr. Jeff Sloboda here with us, uh, my co-host and master uh, thespian, I would like to call, of the MCU. And then, of course, we have Arch from Podcast of Champions back with us, too. Awesome to have you. Uh, thanks for coming on. Bye, Arch. You have anything you like to say, sir? I uh, don't. No, no. Happy to be back. Love talking to you guys. Uh, I'm sure we'll get to some plugs and stuff later, but let's get to it. Awesome, awesome. And we have returning, finally, thank you, God, for the great Perry, our other co-host that's been missing in action for a while. It's great to have Mr. Perry back. Uh, say hi, Perry. Hi, Perry. Well, not actually say hi, Perry. Act. Say <laughs> hi to your to the to the to the live people. Oh, it is it is great to be back. I thank you guys for checking in, and uh, I'm I'm just excited to come back and talk some Marvel. Just some we got great stuff coming up to talk about, and I'm so excited. Let's just let's do it. 
Awesome, awesome. Great to have you back, sir. And then we have two new people uh, coming to us on our podcast tonight. Uh, Mr. Travis and Mr. John Sassone. Is that Sansone? how you say it? It's uh, Sansone. Sansone. We have uh, we have vowels at the end of our last name on Long Island. <laughs> We're all uh, there. We go. <laughs> yeah. That's why I could. That's why I was able to pronounce it automatically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so we have these. We have these two awesome guys joining us for the first time on the MCU's Bleeding Edge. Uh, they are both awesome and uh, been fun to get to know. Uh, they have a podcast as well, and why don't uh, either John or Travis, why don't you talk a little bit about it to give people a little bit of knowledge of who you guys are? <laughs> Travis, ahead, John. Right? <laughs> should yeah, I do the intro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, tell them all about it. Let me think. Let me think. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Cree and Skrull of all ages, my name is John, and I am from the MCU Beyond Infinity podcast, a place where fellow Marvelites have assembled to rate, review, discuss, theorize, and wax intellectual about any and all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Joined, as always, by my trusty co-host and Ravenger brother-in-arms, Travis. I did that without the notes this time, Travis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We <laughs> should amend it to mention how much we talk about Fast and the Furious and Henry <laughs> Portrait of a Serial Killer. We it's, do, we do. We, it, we It's up for an MCU podcast. Uh, it is, it is. Uh, we, we have our podcast where weekly we discuss the uh, latest installments of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, obviously, there's been so much new content with the Disney Plus streaming series this year. It was a really good time for us to kind of jump on board. We've had very little off weeks. Some weeks has doubled up with our content. Um, so it's been really great over uh, over the past couple of months, not only to get to talk Marvel with Travis, but other things like <laughs> like uh, movies about serial killers starring Michael Rooker and uh, the Fast and the Furious and Twilight franchises as well. It divulges into many a tangent. So... <laughs> And we well, love great. We're great. so happy to be here too. Thank you guys so mm-hmm. much. Oh yeah, very much. Awesome. So. Great oh. to get. Uh, good, Travis. Oh no, no, I was saying uh, yeah, very oh, oh. much. So we're happy to be here. Uh. Awesome, awesome. Well, it's got great to have you guys here. We're looking forward to just you know talking MC Marvel stuff with you guys and getting to know you guys even more. It's gonna be great. I think it's gonna be just a great show all together, especially that we got the whole trio back together and then just having the great arch with us. You know, of course, like I said, Arches from the Podcast of Champions. If you guys have not checked that uh, amazing podcast out, definitely check it out. They just released a new episode uh, just today all about a great episode. Uh, it was really enjoyable, really fun. So, guys, definitely check that out. And also, don't forget to check out their awesome free forum called... Uh, 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 I'm having a heart. Sakar. Thank so you. call it Sakar, but it's Sakar.freeforums.net. It's uh, all kind of geek culture stuff, so anything you want to uh, chat about. We do a lot of MCU stuff with DC, Star Wars, Star Trek, anything else in the in the realm of, of geekdom that you want to talk about, we're, we're open to it. So uh, check it out. And anybody's welcome on the podcast as well. It's, it's, it's open. We'd love to have uh, guests, so anybody that wants to show up, just uh, check out the site. Uh, we'd love to have you on. Love to chat. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, uh, that's so great. Yeah, Sakar.net, guys. Uh I don't know why that slipped my mind, especially when Jeff Goldblum's character from Thor Ragnarok is probably one of my favorite characters, and he lives on Sakaar. Anyways, but like we were saying, we're going to be talking about the What If episode tonight, episode three, which is a very interesting turn, too, for this, you know, I mean, this is only the third episode of this series, but I think it takes a really dark turn, as a lot of people I've noticed saying on their 
uh, either in Facebook, you know, social media lands and stuff like that. A lot of people thought this was such a dark turn, especially from what we're used to seeing in the MCU. So to start us off, I mean, this is kind of an interesting start. We kind of get the Watcher coming back and, you know, setting up the story for us, you know, and saying that, you know, this is an alternate, you know, version of what could have happened if the Avengers did not assemble. And uh, we right at the get-go, we get, you know, Iron Man, Nick Fury, and Black Widow uh, basically imitating the same exact scene from Iron Man 2. And some things unfold in this little thing that are completely different from the original Iron Man 2 film. So, to start us off, guys, what do you guys think about that scene and kind of how it unfolded? And what was your reaction when what happened to Tony versus what actually happened to him in the movie, how did that make you guys feel? So let's go ahead and start with you, Perry, since you it's been a while since we've heard from you, sir. It's been a while. <laughs> I always do that and nobody else laughs. So I'm so <laughs> it's so it's honestly like I'll take a two second thing just to say thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for doing that. Because I do that all the time and no thank you. Appreciate it. Um so about the episode. So yeah. It it kind of threw me off because I was like I was I was sitting there, you know, I I don't watch too many of the promos for like the next episodes and stuff cuz I kind of like to go in blind a little bit when it comes to like episode by episode. Um and I feel like sometimes those like promos can give away too much. Um mm-hmm. but so I went into this one completely like blind. I didn't see any of the like videos or any of like the promo shots and I was like I was just kind of shocked. I was like, "Oh, okay. All right. All right. Okay. Now what's good?" What's going on here? And uh, and it, it was great to have um, – it was great to be, like, sitting there and kind of be thrown off a little bit, you know? Like, because usually, like, with Marvel, it's it, – there's, there's, like, the feel. You know, you get it back and forth. You understand kind of what's going on, especially with the last two episodes. You were, like, sitting there going, okay, I see where this is going. Okay, cool. That's a, oh, that's a nice little surprise. This one, like you were saying, Cyber – it kind of like takes a little, it, it takes that dark turn. And you're like, Oh, Tony Stark's dead. Like, Oh, okay. Where do we go from here? He was, he was like the start of it. You know, where do they go from here with building the Avengers? Like what's next? Like, and then obviously like it just snowballs with the other Avengers and you're just sitting there like, okay, so like what's going to happen next? Where are they going to take that? And I thought the episode was really cool because it kind of felt like, um, it kind of felt like a murder mystery with like superheroes. Like it just felt like one of those things where you're like, they're trying to solve the problem. And it's like, it's kind of like clue, you know, like was it the maid in the kitchen with the, the knife, you know? So it was cool. I liked it a lot. It was, uh, um, it was a great, it was a, it was a cool stem off of what they did the last couple episodes where it kind of felt like it was like, Oh, feel good. Like what if this happened? And then it was like, what if this happened and everybody dies like you know so it was good it was good i liked that yeah it was it was very very different like you were saying especially from the first two episodes this one definitely didn't feel like a carbon copy of the previous episodes i feel of other films so that was nice to see a little difference most yep. definitely uh so moving on to uh john what was your thoughts about that scene that beginning scene with the Iron Man two kind of like parody that we dealt with. I um, sorry, my my mic's kind of backfiring. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with 
uh, Fury's Big Week. Did you guys remember this when it had come out in like 2012? But a uh, lot of the MCU, I have it. I, you have it. Yeah, I've never been crazy about the majority of the MCU like tie-in material, whether it be like the novelizations or the spin-off novels. I know they did the mm-hmm. uh, Thanos Quest spin-off novel, but one of the exceptions of that was. Fury's Big Week, which kind of was one of the first things that put the Marvel Cinematic Universe into perspective. And they actually had a, released a official timeline for the first time leading up to the Avengers, the eight weeks prior to the Avengers 2012 release. They had released this comic um, every Wednesday called Fury's Big Week, where each day of the week was one of the events that had occurred throughout the first phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, eventually tying into the Avengers film. And at that time, I wasn't bought and sold into the MCU the way I am now. I went into the first Avengers movie rather pessimistically. And looking back on that now, I'm obviously a fucking fool. Is it cool to curse on the show, by the way, guys? Yes. (laughs) Okay, cool. No, you fucking bastard. I know, I know. Well, I put pants on just in case I stand up. So normally we do this over an audio medium, so I had to put on a shirt this time. Normally we like to keep it G-rated, man, but now that you already opened up the fuck uh, stream or whatever, like we might as well let it go to shit. I know. <laughs> um, but but yeah, starting at the, the beginning with Tony Stark, again, Iron Man 2 is something I think a lot of the fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe don't look back on too fondly. It was one of those missed opportunities for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It was their version of Demon in a Bottle. Tony Stark doesn't have, yeah. like Iron Man as a character doesn't have a ton of like memorable comic book runs. One of the ones he does have is the demon in the bottle run by uh, David Michelinie. And I think uh, John Romita senior had done it at the time. So that's the classic Iron Man run. They kind of botched it in the film. So kind of getting this like redemptive kind of look at it, looking at it in a different light was something that was really nice. Uh, One of the conceits with what if uh, it's hard to not compare it to DC's Elseworld kind of, spinoffs is Elseworld always did this really good job of giving us these wholly unique stories where Marvel always kind of said like, well, what if this happened just a little bit differently? And it was always this kind of like retread of these events. I was really happy that this episode right from the bat was saying, this is not going to be a retread. We are going to tell a wholly unique story with the what if setup, like what's going to happen again. uh, Perry said it kind of best. I, I was, cackling in my head like the agatha christie avengers almost that murder mystery of the avengers very very nice setup for for a what if premise completely agree completely agree definitely agree there how about you travis what were your thoughts on that scene okay uh they've already kind of touched on a lot of it where i like that this wasn't just a rehash of the movies it's just it uses the bare minimum of each of these movies as a jumping off point, even more so than the last episode. Uh, yeah, and the murder mystery element definitely appealed to me. I did wonder, like, I had heard that one of the constraints they had was that they weren't allowed to introduce anyone new to the universe. So I I didn't pay attention to the opening credits to see who was in there. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'll am i go ahead and spoil that this was my favorite episode so far uh, because of, it's just 
a fucking dope episode. Uh, and I also like uh, them using Iron Man 2 as the jumping off point because Marvel has a tendency to revisit some of their uh, least like films to make them more enjoyable in a way. Like Thor The Dark World, they went back to well to on a number of occasions now, and I'm like a sucker for that one. I don't think Iron Man 2 is <laughs> as good as that, really, uh, in some ways. Uh, it's kind of generic. Uh, um, it's got the so, best yeah. suiting up scene, though, Travis. It the does, it does. Yeah, yeah, the uh, best suit up of any mm-hmm. Tony Stark appearance. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, though, it's, it's kind of just there. It, it's perfectly fine. They introduced Black Widow and all that, but yeah. Iron uh, Man 2 is, like a, is a favorite of Arches, just to point it out. Like, it's a, it's a of Arches, like, favorite. Arch, we're like huge fans of Dark World, and we defend oh, yeah. it and yeah. talk about it a, a lot. So I'm a huge Dark World fan too. I love those men. Yeah, um, we're not completely at odds then. Yeah. <laughs> in the beginning, there was <laughs> darkness, and from the darkness came the Dark Elves. So we're all yeah, in agreement. It, <laughs> I'm so not saying I don't like Iron Man too. It's just one of my least favorites in the MCU. I like everything in the MCU pretty much, though. So it's fun. Uh, which is your favorite child or least favorite? I guess. Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, I just want to point out that the voice actor, like in the trailer for uh, Tony Stark, didn't sound right to me, but it sounded better here for some reason. Uh, I know that's another thing since they're not able to get everyone back. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's about it. It's the same voice yeah. actor from the uh, Spectacular Spider-Man show that you like, Travis, the animator who did Tony Stark on that show. Oh, really? I don't mm-hmm. even remember uh, Tony Stark being in that show. But... <laughs> Yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah, he definitely sounded better in the episode versus in the promo, like like you were saying, Travis. I totally agree with that. Uh, <clears throat> so let's moving on. How about you, uh, Mister Arch? What were your thoughts on that beginning scene, sir? Uh, first of all, I love that donut shop. Uh, it's it's one of the settings I actually have visited uh, in real life. To uh, mm-hmm. just forgot I was at LA one time. And uh, and I've told I said I think I've said this on the show before, but uh, I was really excited to go in there and sit in that seat in that donut donut shop. And spoilers, there is no seating inside that donut shop, so that that's always like a mind bender for me. You went there in real life? Yeah, I've been there in real life. Yeah. Oh wow, that's amazing. It's pretty near LAX, so if you ever fly into LAX, it's pretty close. Just just worth it to swing a couple blocks down the road. And go it's in out. the donut district of LA. It's like there's that seedy kind of donut and diner district at LA, which is like a real thing. Yeah, you know, I don't know enough about LA to say exactly, but it's seriously like five or six blocks. It's like a two or three minute drive away from LA. Oh, that's so cool! Yeah, check it out if you're out there. It's Randy's Donuts. It's it's a it's a cool place, but there's no seating inside. Just just so you know. Um, <laughs> so I, I just always think that's cool. But yeah, I did think it was a cool setting. The thing I took away, and I'll I'll just kind of keep my my thing pretty short here. But um, with everything that you guys are talking about, the, the thing I thought that was really great about this episode, which really made it uh, as good as it was, because it's it's my favorite so far as well was that the whole opening scene is misdirection. Like, you, they've kind of already got us accustomed to the fact that we open and we start off with the choice that changed everything, and you, you're led to believe that this death of, of Tony here is what changes everything, but it's not. And I will, I will let somebody else pick up on what that actually is, but by the time <laughs> we get to the ending episode, we realize that the choice that was made that changed everything happened, who knows how long ago, like 10, 15 years ago? We're not really sure. Mm-hmm. 
but it, it wasn't really it didn't really start with this death of Tony Stark. That was a that was a symptom of what really happened. So I thought that was kind of the coolest part of this episode is, is, is figuring that out. And it really added like a whole different layer to the mystery that's actually going on. But um, yeah, other than that, I just really loved going back to the old sets. Um, as John was talking about, like, uh, uh, I, I thought the whole episode really like made that that week. Like you realized if you hadn't read Fury's Big Week, you realized how close those events were. That they're just going from the you know where Thor's hammer was to to the to the college that Hulk was at to the diner, and you realize that these things were all happened basically right after one another. And if you're just watching the movies, you probably didn't really pick up on that. So I, I thought that was kind of cool that it, it just felt so close and so familiar. And I, I love the Incredible Hulk as well. I love going back to that setting at the college, and they kind of recreated that battle sequence in a little different way. So I, I thought that all that was great. Hulk blowing up, man. I can't, who who else wanted to to do a slow mo shot or go back to the puddle of green goo or whatever the heck it was after. Hulk just sat there and exploded. I really wanted them to show what the heck just happened there, but that was that was that was pretty grotesque. I'll just add that. Very much so. Very much so. How about you, Jeff? What did you think about that beginning scene? Well, I can tell you one thing. I didn't like Hulk blowing up like that. I thought that shit was, <laughs> I thought it was stupid as hell. I was like, "Are you kidding me? Like you couldn't kill Hulk off better than that? Like whatever. Like I mean, how would how would up. you kill Hulk, Jeff? Well, as far as the, <laughs> You don't but like little are... things going inside of big things. That's like I, I have it in my notes in so many different places. Like talk about little things going inside of big things. Like like Sue Storm like sending her little force field bubbles inside people and then like bursting them and stuff. Like I love that shit. Oh man, I I didn't care for the whole thing with the Hulk. I gotta be honest with you. I mean, I, I would have liked them doing something different. But um, basically, I mean, like what everybody else said, I I I like I I agree with everything that everybody else had to say. Basically, I mean, there's not that much to really tell. You know, it's just that um, I didn't know what to expect from the episode because I mean, it, like like everybody already said, it, it was a totally different direction than the first two episodes of the show. So it went and you know there was a different style to it. Um, when Tony Stark died, I didn't really know what to think. Like I couldn't really in my head come up with an, like any kind of really good idea as to like what happened to him or what was going on at that point. Um, I felt like it was like, like cool fan service that like it was Iron Man two and it was the donut shop and everything and whatnot. Like I really, I liked the visuals and everything. The animation looked really cool during all that. I felt like I really thought the animation was really solid. Um, and um, I really like Nick Fury, like animated. I think he was pretty cool. Like uh, I, I like the fact that um, the the whole show revolves around Fury and Black Widow. You know, like even though it's not ScarJo doing the Black Widow, which which is kind of disappointing for me that she they they couldn't bring her back to have her do it. The girl who did do it was pretty good, so I, I liked her. I thought she was all right. She's a good comedian. Her name is uh, Lake Bell. She's actually in this movie called... Um, I've heard of her. Yeah, she's in that movie, In a World, like making fun of yep. the movie trailers. And she has this fucking funny part where she does like Russian Star Wars dialogue. And she does a um, like, these are not the droids you're looking for in this good Russian accent. And it's it's a highlight of a very good movie. She's very that good. That sounds incredible. Yeah, it's great. She's a, she's, a, she's a good actress, but the voice didn't sound anything like... Black Widow. Yeah. So I was like, I was pissed off by that. I mean, I like like Bell as an actress, but I didn't care for her performance as 
as uh, Black Widow. I didn't think it was that great. Well, I, that was one of the that was one of the things I that kind of annoyed me that majority of people, you know, they had quite a few of them were able to do it, but a few of the certain ones were just like, hey, at least find somebody that sounds similar, but like that didn't sound anything like ScarJo. And like at least Tony sounded somewhat similar, you know, so I, I was at least happy with that, but still that just that kind of, you know, that mean kind of the main character, other character besides Nick Fury talking throughout the whole episode, that just kind of, you know, it got annoying after a while, I thought. Well, well, they said that they couldn't, that that they just, it didn't work out to where ScarJo could come back and do the voice work. Like, for whatever reason, she couldn't do it. It has nothing to do with the lawsuit or anything like that. It's just, like, the way things worked out. Um, but, um, mm -hmm. basically, I kind of think that, like, the reason that they didn't try to find somebody that to mimic ScarJo was they thought that that would have been kind of, like, you know, not the way to go. So that's why they went with, like, a totally different kind of voice with the character, you know? But, like, Again, like I said, I, I like that aspect of it. I really enjoyed the shield aspect of like Iron Man 2 and like the Avengers and everything. Like I really liked the whole shield aspect of it. So like that was cool. I miss nice. that stuff. <laughs> I miss the uh shield and the governing organization and Fury and Helicarriers and they I love Winter Soldier, but they like blew their wad a little quick with getting rid of shield for for a minute so it was nice to revisit that well you know yeah totally agree there totally agree so as we move on into the episode so we we had that great introduction you know they think you know because you know black widow basically had injected him with that serum they think she was basically the killer right now so we have basically have her being transported away and you know basically that she's in the car and we actually get an interesting kind of cameo i thought of rumlow is actually in that van with them so we get a little bit more of that shield camaraderie we've just been talking about there and i thought it was great that frank grillo was able to voice the character and i thought that was this was an interesting scene because like she's like this is not gonna contain me she says and then all of a sudden she's like can you hold these uh, handcuffs and then she starts beating them all up and stuff and i thought that it was like kind of like hilarious hilarious how they like did it kind of like and then all of a sudden they're like oh man what's going on back there and they stop and I'm like oh man it, it was kind of just like one of those like kind of scenes you were like okay that was kind of funny but at the same time you're like it was kind of dumb at the same time but it's like didn't you foresee that happening so that was my thoughts on the scene what were your guys' thoughts so let's start with you travis okay uh that was a bit silly but i'm uh, running at some leeway because it's a cartoon. It's like the very first episode where some of the action's very over the top. They wouldn't do it in live action, but cartoon, different mediums, so different rules a little bit. I, uh, the action bits, or the, like, the rapid punching reminded me of Donnie Yen's Ip Man films. I don't know if anyone else has seen those, but they're fantastic, and it's just, yeah, yeah, uh, very similar, uh, with all the rapid face punching. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Also, uh, the they didn't get him back audio wise, but the guy who plays like Rock Rumble's second in command also was visually represented. He played uh, KG Beast in Batman vs Superman. Uh, yeah, I always that guy stood out in Winter Soldier, so it was nice to see him back, even if it was just kind of visually. Uh, I'm wondering if he got paid for it, but uh, <laughs> just. 
out of curiosity, yeah. Uh, that's really all I had to say about that scene. Huh? Nice, nice. Thank you. Uh, how about you, Perry? What did you think about that scene? Yeah, I think it, it was like one of those scenes that just like is it's it's the cartoon scene, you know. It's like the the animation scene, you know. It's part of the like Travis was saying. It's it's it lives by different rules in like the animation like in the animation realm, you know. And it uh, it kind of just I think it also levied a little that like tension of like, <clears throat> all right, so Tony Stark's dead, Black Widow's going to jail. Like what, like. Like it, it takes a little bit of that serious like dark turn, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, like it's back to like that MCU kind of like, all right, ScarJo's just gonna or Black Widow's just gonna knock her, yeah, she's just gonna kick her, kick her, kick her and punch her way out of this, just like mm-hmm. this like superhero should, you know. <laughs> so yeah, I, so. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was it was it was like a fun moment in between like the the blowing up and killing of. <laughs> all of our favorite heroes (laughs) yep i would agree i would definitely agree there Uh, how about you john what did you think about that scene it it kind of reminded me of the um the elevator fight in the wintered soldier with the Mm -hmm. confined space yeah yeah and and there's this extra kind of looming weight knowing where we are now with Rumlow being there and knowing that shield had been infiltrated so far in advance and this is hydra this is not shield so there are these maniacal forces behind the curtain here not just apprehending natasha for where this agatha christie style who done it the clue who done it as perry said before uh with the the whole kind of conceit of this episode but also knowing that hydra is behind the curtain also so that's almost like its own MacGuffin. Uh, to begin with, and I, I do have a theory because they name check uh, Pierce, Alexander Pierce, um, Robert Redford's character here, and they're like, oh, we're going to bring her to Pierce, blah, 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 blah. So I, I do have this theory that I'll kind of wrap up towards the end of the episode, but I do want to plant the seeds here about who the mastermind of this entire thing is. So Very much so, very much so. It was a very shocking, actually, kind of, uh, I, I kind of knew like who it was after this certain words were mentioned towards the end of the episode. But at the same time, I was like, I'm, I'm like, who, what, who could be doing this? Who could be doing this? But yeah, that's a great little seed that you planted there, John. Yeah. How about you, Arch? What did you think about the, uh, that scene? Uh, yeah, no, it's, it most reminded me of the truck, uh, escape sequence from Winter Soldier actually, which of course would come after this, but the one where Maria Hill is, uh, posing as a guard and knocks a couple people out, free Sam and, uh, Natasha and, uh, Steve, of course. Uh, so that, that's what it most reminded me of. Uh, of course they'd never get to that point, uh, after these events, but, um, it, it was, it was interesting nonetheless. The, uh, I'll echo Perry's sentiment that uh, the the biggest thing I picked up on from the first three episodes here so far is that the animation world, people are acting differently than they would shoot these scenes in live action. They just react differently, they say things differently, and they're doing it in an animation sort of style that... Uh, wouldn't they wouldn't film these in the same way or talk in the same way in live action the uh the other thing the only other thing i i, I note is just that there's a ton of cameos uh, in this you guys mentioned the strike team but you know there's thor there's hawkeye they get betty banner mm-hmm. back in here there's bruce there's there's a ton of people in this episode and i i thought this scene was the one where i picked up on that like that there was just a ton of people around i love seeing the strike team back uh so that, i thought that was all cool 
Yeah, nice. Thank you. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with that because it like, you know, like Perry was saying, it was a good like kind of buffer scene between the craziness that was going on, the exploding and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's that's what kind of the scene did. And I mean, uh, this scene actually made you think a lot, you know, it brought a lot of memories from other MCU projects to your mind. You know, like everyone's been mentioning, you know, you got the shield thing going on. You got Winter Soldier thoughts going on and stuff like that. So I think that's a really great thing that they're, you know, that they kind of are refreshing things, as we've mentioned before, you know, recycling material that we've already gone over, but trying to make it fresh so that people want to rewatch it. So I think that's, you know, kind of what What If is kind of doing. What did you think about that scene, Jeff? Well, I think, like you said, there's a lot that plays out, like, you know, when, when it goes down, you know, with the, the whole truck scene. Um, I really did honestly think that it was going to be like a Steve elevator deal. Like, that's the first thing I thought was like, that's that's exactly what they're setting up. You know what I mean? Um, and honestly, like, um, live action, like combat, hand-to-hand combat is just so much better than animated hand-to-hand combat you know like i'm sorry but it's just it's not the same thing mm-hmm. but um it, it was all right like it was interesting you know i like the direction that the, that the episode was going at that point like i was into it and everything and um you know uh i mean again my main thing is just that these these episodes are so short i guess they have to yeah. do that i mean because of the animation aspect of it and everything i guess i get it but this one this one i think clocked in at 35 minutes with the credits um so you know like uh it was it just it seemed it 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 almost felt kind of rushed a little bit to me um i really enjoyed the the episode at the point that black widow broke away from shield and everything and whatnot i didn't like the way the whole thing went down with hulk um i wish they would have done that differently but um how would you have killed hulk uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Come on, you've had a few minutes to think about it now. I wouldn't kill Hulk at all. Maybe the abomination could have popped up and like beat his ass or something. I was hoping to see abomination, but yeah. Me too. That's why I, I was hoping the abomination was going to pop out. But but no, I mean, uh, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and you know how like like uh like when you're like when they're on when they're when they're doing Congress or like the Senate. You, they just go ahead and like let let the let the people know that they're gonna like save their time for later on in the show or whatever, or like later on during the shit. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm, I'm gonna do that right now and go ahead and and bank the rest of my time on this uh this like go around and save it for the Eternals trailer and the uh, Shang Chi trailer. Okay. <laughs> for three or four minutes later on in the show. Oh, okay. All right, thank you, Jeff, for that information. So great, and I'm so glad you told us how you thought Hulk should die. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> anyways, so as we move on, okay, so we have that scene. All of a sudden, we kind of tra- it transitions. Uh, I don't know if anybody else notices, but did you guys notice how the Watcher kept popping up in certain scenes? You saw him yes. in the background, kind of watching. That was really cool. I liked that. I thought that was a really cool aspect that they yeah. brought to this episode. And I love that, you know, he was, like, big and center, and you can see him in that. He was like, I'm watching over as I'm telling the story. That was really cool. They did a great job of placing him, though, Cyber. They did. They did a great job of, like, blending him in really well. I thought so, too. I thought they did a really good job with that. And I I just really enjoyed that it kept showing Yuatu, you know, for, for a change to see him a little bit more and give Jeffrey Wright, you know, a little bit more kind of, like, screen time a little bit, too, just to kind of, you know, because he's so great at playing the doing the voice and the narration. But, you know, as we move on in the episode, okay, all of a sudden we kind of jump from that whole situation, Iron Man 2, 
uh, kind of deal, Winter Soldier kind of idea, and then all of a sudden we're into Thor. And we have Thor coming down after being banished from Asgard, and kind of that the whole scene where, you know, he's at the camp trying to get his you know, hammer back. And we have Nick Fury and Barton talking to each other and stuff like that. We get reintroduced to Barton and stuff like that. And I thought it was really interesting how they incorporated that into the episode as well, kind of to give you that, you know, that Thor aspect and the, the Hawkeye aspect and stuff like that. And, you know, as we, things go on in the episode, you know, all of a sudden it's like Thor is shot with an arrow. How the hell did an arrow kill Thor is what I want to know. That's one thing I was kind of taking away from the scene. I'm surprised like, Jeff wasn't mad about that one. Because, like, I was, how... I, I was wondering about that. I was wondering how the fuck he got killed by one arrow by, like, like it yeah. to me. Yeah, maybe, exactly. Maybe Ant-Man, or maybe he was really, really tiny, and then he just jumped off the arrow, which is a bit. They do all the time. Hawkeye shoots him, and he jumped, and he climbed through his ear, and then he like ripped his heart or something. I don't know. Comic book stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's true. Yeah. Comic so, book stuff. So, comic book stuff. He wasn't at this point, so he may have just been a strong mortal. Uh, strip Very true. That's the way I rationalize it, personally. That's, yeah, yeah, that's very true. I like, I like uh, that explanation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, still, though, I mean, you are semi god. And you've been through battles for thousands of years. You're 1,500 years old, you know, and, you know, and one little arrow takes you out finally. Like, I, I just think that was funny. But okay, at the same time, it's like, I've yeah, said, Arch. I've said this every episode so far. They've done something in each episode where we've had a very similar conversation about, but this doesn't make any sense. I, I think it's the animation style of it. I think it's the what-if style of it. I think they're just going to do stuff here. And some occasionally something's not really going to make sense, but I think you just—I think for this series, you're not supposed to worry about it. You just go with what they're doing and don't like really go. But the power levels aren't right. You know, yeah, let it happen. Yeah, that's my yeah. advice for the series. Yeah, very true, very true. So, so as you know, that happens. You know, Barton supposedly slips, and then he's put into custody. So when that all happened, what were your guys' thoughts completely on the scene? You know. Not talking about the Thor and the arrow thing, if we don't want to talk about it, but just in that general, in that whole scene, what you saw and, you know, basically happened throughout that little portion of the episode, what were your thoughts on it, especially when all of a sudden Barton is put into custody, and, and what were your thoughts? So let's start with you, uh, uh, Perry, please. Yeah, at this point is when I started to think something fishy was going on. Uh, that's when I was, like, kind of, like... All right, there's something there's something more going on here. Like I, it, that's when I was starting to, uh, like try like my brain was starting to try to figure out. Okay, all right, what's going on? Who's doing this? Who's doing that? That's when I started to get the, like those murder mystery vibes of like, all right, something like little puppet master behind the scenes is doing something because like this can't just be like freak accident after freak accident. I'm like that that wouldn't be as entertaining, you know? Like they can't get to the end of it and be like. You know, oh, <laughs> shit happens. <laughs> Am I right, guys? Like yeah. all, of our, all the people that were supposed to save this planet are now dead. Pretty much, not, yeah. Not how that goes. So I was like, all right. I was like, all right. What can be possibly going on? Obviously, I would have never guessed it. Like, it, that wasn't even close to like anything. I, I was thinking like, 
oh, they started the experiments on like the Scarlet Witch early and she was like manipulating people. I was like, that was like the first thing that my mind went to. And I was like, oh, maybe that's going on. Oh, maybe like Loki is, I, I would, then I was like, all right, Loki's doing something. Loki somehow got to see part of the future or something. And I was like, oh, maybe he saw his failure. And now he's like stopping it before it happens kind of thing. And so like, that was when my mind was like starting to like try to think of all the solutions and try to beat it. And then all of a sudden I was just like, I'm not going to guess it. Like, <laughs> like, let me just, let me just enjoy this like brain, like stop trying to figure this out. But that was, that was that point for me where I was like, all right, something else is going on here. Like this, that, like the Tony thing wasn't just like, wasn't just the freak accident. It wasn't going to stop with Tony kind of thing. Very much, very much so. How about you, Travis? What did you think about that that whole kind of like that little cons- thing that happened there? Okay, I, I want to point out that I enjoyed the Colson stuff where he talks about uh, uh oh I can't even think of the wording they use, but just pointing out how handsome Hulk is and how it's an accurate description and uh, <laughs> how he smells. Oh, nice. the hair, oh, yeah, the yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah. He snips his lustrous hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was very, uh, very enjoyable there, fun. Uh, I did wonder how many people Thor murdered there, because, I mean, if a, a god <laughs> puts your head through a railing, you are dead, uh, generally speaking. Uh, it, uh, granted, we're in animation, so this it doesn't count the same way, but uh, I also thought at this point how screwed they're going to be in a few years uh, around Infinity War and all that. Yeah, this is when that started to really thinking uh and yeah yeah i didn't have any issue with uh hawkeye's arrow killing Thor. it i I had already developed the rationalization that yeah it it, he's not powered up at this point uh he's just like a buff dude uh yeah that's that's about it right oh i want to mention the uh the watcher mentioned it earlier and i really liked that part about this episode you're just putting him in the background more and those panels uh or those screenshots are looking like comic book panels those panels cool. you said it yeah <laughs> you said it. yeah mm-hmm. uh it's very nice i hope we see more very of much that so in the next episodes uh, yeah i totally uh, yeah i would agree with that it kind of made me think of the hulk from 2003 you know, the panel thing that they did with that, you know, because I know a lot of people make a huge deal about that, like, oh, it made the movie so confusing and stuff like that. And I remember going to see it in theaters and going, I think this is cool. I like it that they're trying to make it look like a comic book, that, you know, that's what they're trying to do here. And I think it was just ridiculous how everyone made such a big deal about it. You know, an artsy-fartsy film, like, no, that's not an artsy-fartsy <laughs> film. That, that, that's what a comic book is supposed to be like. So it made sense. It made sense. How about you, John? What did you think about that whole uh, incident that happened there? I love that you brought up Angley's Hulk, and I feel like I could just like turn the entire podcast into like why I love Angley's Hulk, and I'll pull out my my senior thesis on like why that's like an amazing movie. But I won't. Um, I do want to bring up some Marvel. Dude, Eric Banner was fucking awesome. Uh, it's awesome. I love that movie. I think Ang Lee is one of the most interesting directors who just works on his own terms. And it's so funny that he seemingly gets these blank checks for these like bizarre passion projects, like bizarre, bizarre passion projects from um, 
the the oh my god life of pi to the the um winter storm to it got sense and sensibility crazy stuff regardless um the continuity of the mcu in this being so strict is so funny there is a quick line where they're talking about how um no one can lift the hammer and hawkeye saying uh not even um jackson and he does crossfit when they were calling out to the guards in the thor movie colson was saying uh jackson so and so so and so go to the side like they were calling out guard names from the first thor movie um, and, and mentioning these things, which is just like nonsense continuity stuff that only people like us would probably like be like, oh, I got three hours before a podcast and work. I got to watch the one second of that Thor movie to like figure out if there's any Easter eggs. Sure enough, I did do it. It's what I do. And uh, and yeah, it, it was it was great. I, I'm so happy to see Coulson back um, again. Clark Gregg rules and he was done kind of dirty by Ike. Perlmutter and Feige and that whole beef with the Marvel Studios and Marvel Television. So it's just nice to have Coulson back in like the MCU proper and not just be a nod in Loki. Like, nope, he's dead. Sorry, confirmation <laughs> didn't happen. You know, <laughs> totally agree. Yeah, it's, I I think it's great that Coulson. We've seen more of Coulson and you know Greg, uh, given his voice to it and stuff like that. I think that's great. Uh, you had something to say, Mister Jeff. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. Like, I really hope that they that they do decide to do an, a Hulk solo film with um, Mark Ruffalo, because um, I don't know how they're gonna do it. I don't know how it'll work. I don't know what Hulk they're gonna give us if they do go in that direction. But if I understand the situation correctly, they have the rights now from Universal. They so do. They, yeah, they, they they've got the rights to, to Namor and they've got the rights to the Hulk. Yeah, I was going to say um, they were fishy and then make a Namor pun, but yeah. <laughs> no, nah, Namor's going to be a Black Panther too. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah, that, that's a rumor. So Black Panther too. like seriously, that's what's going to save it. Like with, with them losing like Chadwick Boseman, bringing Namor in is going to like totally, um, you know, make up for the loss, I think. Um, but no, like um, my point was just going to be that, uh, um, you know, it, it's it's interesting how um like the you know there's never really been a really good hulk solo film if you think about it that's been like really great like that people have like really enjoyed like overall there's you know a lot of people don't like the the you know the the the, the ang lee and then of course a lot of people don't like the um the edward norton hulk movie and um so i just think it would be really cool if they did actually do something with with uh with hulk and give him a solo film I'd love to see what they would do at this point, like with Marvel Studios. I think it would be interesting. Very much so. Very much so. I just want to give a shout out to Cosmic Man here in our comments saying, Ang Lee's Hulk rules. Uh, we all agree here. We agree that it does rule. Thank you, Cosmic Man, for that oh, comment. One last thing, Cyber. You know, if, if, they would give no. us some, if they would give us some animated nudity, some female animated nudity, I would really like that. That would be great. Like I'm sure you would. <laughs> you and your nudity, sir. I, I'm talking about you, no duck titties, you, an animated uh, nudity. Uh, well, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that was pretty interesting, huh? <laughs> 1986. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Jeffrey, Jeffrey, you're such a bad naughty boy. I like animated nudity, like, like the way that, like, uh, the the animated chicks look, man. 
I'm sure you do, Jeff, sir. I have, I have, I have quite the site for you to go look at after this oh. podcast. <laughs> Have you heard of the thing called the internet? Apparently not. As long as we got Hinata from Naruto, I'm good to go. Our links oh. going to be provided in the description. Of oh, he does. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, yes, very provide, much so. I will provide it in the link below. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So moving on. Uh, uh, who did we talk to last? It was John. So next is Mr. Arch. What did you think about that whole scene in iteration? Yeah, well, I was going to uh, tell uh, Cosmic Man and uh, following up on what John said when he was worried about uh, a whole deviation of, of Ang Lee's Hulk here. Go watch the the uh, the MCU's Bleeding Edge uh, Hulk review because we did an Edward Norton Hulk review. Oh, cool. I mentioned Ang Lee's Hulk. Uh, Jeff threw out a comment to that, and it did, in fact, deviate into a full 45-minute Ang Lee Hulk review right, right in the middle of, of yeah, a Hulk review. It did. That, that, Come that, on that. the MCU Beyond Infinity podcast. We'll talk. <laughs> we will talk about it for the rest of the episode. <laughs> it was a tangent. It was a straight-up tangent, but it's a, it's a good review. You guys should check it out. Um, we'll do. As, far as, as far as that scene goes, uh, you know, I thought it was great. Um, the... Uh, Let's see, we were talking about Hawkeye getting in there. I, you know, I had a thought, but I just totally just lost it here. Um, it wasn't the, the hair comment. I did love the hair comment, though, that they kept going. That they kept <laughs> going back to that. But um, let's see, you were talking about – catch me up, man. Catch me up. Give me a, give me, give me a lifeline here. You were talking about uh, uh, Hawkeye and then the whole scene with, with him just being in there. What? I'm missing something here. So Thor dies. Thor does die. I'm down in prime. Thor does. And so, and, and oh, so basically, the whole scene, we like talk about the lustrous hair. We're talking about, you know, him getting hit by the arrow. We're like, we were talking about that. And then all of a sudden, it goes to, you know, he now is captive. He's stuck in the thing because they think that he killed Thor. Oh, uh, they, I know so, what you're Perry had early had mentioned uh, that he was uh, he was kind of like uh, predicting or making some guesses on what was going to happen here, and I actually didn't. I, I started to have an idea sneak in, but I try to kind of watch all these movies without trying to guess my way through them. Uh, I, I used to do that a lot. And I used to have fun like trying to like figure out what was going on, but I started just kind of like relaxing and just like letting it happen and letting myself get surprised. So I thought that was great. I did have one idea sneak in as I was like, it's gotta be like somebody invisible or something. And I, I didn't even come close to getting to the, to the right answer, but like all of a sudden it hit me. It's like, it's like a ghost. And I was like, wait a minute, maybe they did pick up on ghosts because ghost had, uh, you know, had, had worked with them at some point. So I was like, maybe it is, or especially when we get to the Natasha fight later, I don't know if that's going to be a question we've got coming up, but there was clearly something invisible going on here, and I was like, "Maybe it is ghost." That that that's where I I wound up at. Just it was obviously wrong, but that, that's where. Oh, I okay. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, totally. Yeah, event. Yeah, we will be talking a little bit about that scene here eventually, but um, so uh, real quick, we're just gonna throw up the promo uh for this episode just to kind of give you guys a refresher, and then we'll get back to it, guys. Jeff, Mr. Jeff. All right. That's the moment. I am Loki. That created a whole new hero. That's weird. Reality is not a straight line. That doesn't sound ominous at all. Every passing moment is a chance for a new offshoot, a new variation, 
space, time, reality. What if we could rebuild it? Oh, I'm counting on it. Journey to face the unknown and ponder the question. What if? Awesome. Thank you, Jeff, for that. So, do you guys ever the- just like think what if, you know? <laughs> do we think what if? Every day. Question mark. Every <laughs> day. Yes. Dot, 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 dot. Question mark. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so thank you for sharing that with us, Mr. Jeff. That was a little great little kind of reminder. So, as we progress on, so, you know, we all of a sudden Barton dies. We have no idea why he was he was in containment. You know, all of a sudden he's just dead, and there's Nick Fury and Coulson talking in the morgue with Thor and, you know, Barton there. And then all of a sudden it jumps, and all of a sudden we're being introduced to, all of a sudden out of nowhere, Loki. Wow. It's like, so I, this was just got even more Thor at, right off the bat. And I thought it was kind of interesting that, the, you know, they kept going very Thorish here. So uh, as, as we keep going on here, you know, as we get introduced to Loki, him and Fury are having exchanges. You know, basically Loki's there to get justice for Thor being killed. And uh, we kind of have, like, it keeps going back and forth a little bit there. You know, we have a little bit of that, and then it show, goes back to shows Natasha going to see Betty Ross to figure out, you know, why did that injection kill Tony? And then we get, all of a sudden, Bruce is all of a sudden there. And they kind of start to reenact the Incredible Hulk scene here. And I thought it was kind of interesting. They kept, like, kind of going back and forth. They gave us a little bit of this, and then they gave us a little bit of that, uh, you know, as they progressed with the episode. But I, I really enjoyed that they brought kind of, like, the Incredible Hulk into the episode and gave us kind of like that, you know, kind of a little bit of that scene that we got to see in the actual Incredible Hulk film, and I thought it was really interesting that while that's happening, all of a sudden Loki's using, I believe it's supposed to be the Tesseract, I'm assuming that's what he's using, to basically turn the whole area that they're oh, yeah. in into ice. <laughs> I try to stick it. Oh, ancient winter. Yeah, yeah. That's correct. Eternal winter. Eternal winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, using that power, and so we have this all going on at the same time, and so it's kind of like back and forth, this whole section here, like, I think it's probably a good, like, I don't know, five, six minutes of the episode, I feel, uh, of this going back and forth between what's going on, and that's when we get to the part also where Hulk all of a sudden explodes and dies, when he shouldn't have died anyways, we've already established that. <laughs> so my question is for you guys is what were your thoughts on kind of how they did that with the episode? Like, cutting between those kind of scenes and kind of putting that in together and kind of keeping those together with that that simultaneously story going on. So what were you guys' thoughts on that? Let's go ahead and start with you, uh, Mr. Perry. Yeah, this is where, uh, this is where my brain was like, oh, shit, this is, like, this is not looking good. Like, <laughs> that's the moment of, like, uh, like where you're you're thinking to yourself all right like all right they got the hulk like all right let's see like uh, you know they still have people they still have people and it's and then all of a sudden it, it starts moving like faster paced like it's going back and forth it's showing like okay loki's here he's he's got the rage you know he's like here to like avenge his brother which obviously he has other uh he has other ideas in mind of what he wants to actually do but i digress um 
and then you cut to the Hulk and then you cut back and then you cut to the Hulk and it's like, and then you're like, who's, who's going to stop? Who's going to stop like this whole situation from happening? Like what is going to stop this from happening? Uh, Cause at that point you're like, all right, the only person on earth that could stop Loki at this point or stop like this whole situation from happening or put up any defense just turned into a uh, green, green goo and is like just gone. And you're like, all right, let's sit back and see how this plays out. Cause that, that was my moment. I was like, I have nothing. I have nothing. Like <laughs> I, I was like, if I was Nick Fury right now, I'd just be like white flag, like waving it. Like I got nothing left in the tank for you, buddy. Um, <laughs> and that, that was kind of like my, that was kind of like my mindset with it. I was like, what is he, what's the next step? Um, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get to that next point where, uh, like, I don't know how it slipped my mind, but it did. Um, like who the next person he could call up was. But uh, it that whole thing was like, yeah, that whole thing was like, it just felt like uh, like the train was like moving pretty quick. And then all of a sudden, like the brakes broke. Now you're like, all right, now what do we do? Does somebody, do we get Spider-Man to jump in front of it and hold hold the webs out at this point? Like, what do we do? Like, <laughs> like shit's going to hit the fan. Like, what do we do? You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally agree there. Cause like, you're just kind of like watching that and you're kind of going, holy crap, there's so much going on. But at the same time, you're like, I can understand why they had to fit that all into that scene right. to kind of get the story aligned. You know, that was really interesting. But I just want to go over here to comments for a second here. Uh, we have uh, uh, Mr. Cosmic Man also had wrote to us, Mr. Fix It. After Mr. Jeff had mentioned, I want to see the Hulk where he's a bouncer, Gray Hulk. And then Jeff says, hell yeah, to the Mr. Fix-It. And then we have another. Yep, yep. And then all then we have a John Andrew. Oh, That's it's me. you, John. <laughs> Mr. John. <laughs> I, was, I was replying because somebody in the comments, I believe it was <laughs> Mr. Cosmic Man. Uh, Mr. Cosmic Man had mentioned uh, the logical step would be do a Hulk horror movie, which I think would be something really fun. It's the Immortal Hulk comics are one of the first times in a long time that Hulk is not only front and center for Marvel, but Immortal Hulk is the number one selling comic book right now. It's been the number one selling comic book for a year <laughs> and a half. You know, it survived a pandemic. It's a really fucking good run. And it's a really interesting take on the character. And if you're going to bring Ruffalo back into the fold, doing a little body horror, horror like in the MCU, like we're seeing a little bit more and more of it in superhero movies in general. I think that would be like the fun, fun fucking move. You know what I mean? So I was just giving a shout out. Sorry. <laughs> hey, I just wanted to shout out really quick to John because he's a big Captain Marvel fan. I am. They stuck Captain Marvel in the episode for like three seconds, right? I've been preparing for this. You know why they did that? that Because like Brie Larson is so bad acting like (laughs) as an actor that like they didn't even want like she she did like several minutes of of animation and and it was so bad they cut it out of the fucking episode. Yeah, I've been preparing. I've been preparing for you and I to discuss Carol. That's it. That's all they gave her. Damn, Jeff! Don't kill John on his first outing here. Thank you no, very much. Dude, I know people don't like Carol Danvers. I know people don't like Carol Danvers. And um, she's been like done dirty as a character where she was done dirty, you know, throughout a lot of the 90s and when comic books were selling really well. So a lot of people remember her as this kind of like either kind of like power girl, eye candy, fucking smut. Well, or, 
What do you or think? When, you, what do you think about about all my uh, Captain Marvel shit talking? Archer <laughs> likes Captain Marvel too. Are you sincere? Are you a fan of Carol? Because like the yeah. the Kelly Sudaconic Carol Danvers is like sincerely like one of my like it's a beloved run and and i know people where they'll say like that is one of the best comic books of the past 20 years and that brought in a market that comic books had lost for a really long time that kind of got scared away after the boom in the late 90s and then civil war happened and then you know civil war ii happened and bendis took over her and then Fucking the movie came out and all the shit with Brie Larson happened and 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 I see both sides where there's been a bit of almost like character assassination on Carol Danvers as a character, Brie Larson as an actress, some vilified, some kind of like justifiable. You know, I understand both sides, but I think Carol's a cool character, and I would like to see the Carol that I like and the Carol that I love actually brought out in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So. It's got potential. They have a good actress. She's kind of a bitch, yeah, but she's also really good. So if she would just show her titties, it it would totally (laughs) it would be sweet. And I mean, I was I right before here she posted a picture on Instagram where she's like shooting bows and arrows, and I was like, Man, Brie Larson's super hot too, you know, and I agree. Show some titties, that would be cool, but hopefully she just shows (laughs) up. I just like the character. <laughs> Jeff, you are going for the world record of how many times you can mention breasts in a episode of a podcast, I think. I think it's a three today. It's an important topic. Uh, I'm sure yeah. you do. Anyways, moving okay, on. Share my screen. Whoop. Smoke show. Come on. Nice. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Mr. Travis, what did you think about that scene, sir? I, uh, I'm a bit lost. I, uh, I'm trying to backtrack some with the Carol talk and all that. And, Loki! Uh, talk about Lady Sif for ten minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, she just dressed on. Like, yeah. yeah. I was watching this with a buddy, and they didn't even recognize her as Sif. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, the banner stuff, I, uh, the likenesses in that portion, besides Thunderbolt, were... Uh, a little dodgy, like Banner himself looks like an extra. Uh, other than like a few shots where he kind of looks like Ruffalo in the eyes, but uh, and then uh, Betsy Ross, uh, I'm kind of fine with that one being not like the movies because I, I don't really like Liv Tyler's take on it. So, uh, yeah, whenever they eventually do bring her back, it I'm fine with another actress. Uh, yeah, I uh, I thought Thunderbolt looked good. Uh, like it looked like uh, William Hurt. Yeah, I don't know if it was him playing the character, but uh, I liked it. it. Was not. No way. I liked the uh, the Hulk explosion. I'm a, a horror guy. I like when people explode into gore, even if it's green and PG thirteen and all that. Uh, I'll take it how I can get it. Like it, it's probably uh up there on the goriest deaths in MCU, other than like uh the first Avenger propeller guy that gets blood misted. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's... Uh, oh, uh, we got our first mention of nanotech uh, here, right? And that's kind of when my mind went to uh, him as a potential uh, villain here. I didn't know if they'd really go that route uh, because uh, it's not technically a new character, but yeah. I uh, I was pretty happy with it. 
Was Michael Douglas in the opening credits? I I, I don't, don't know. I didn't attention watch to the opening credits. Yeah. 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 I believe I believe he it, his name was. Um, if I, mean, I I've, I've like I I've like watched the episode like four times now, so mm-hmm. I, I believe I met, I noticed it during one of the times going through that his name did pop up there. At, it was like at the very end of the credits. It's crazy we got Michael Douglas and Kurt Russell in a animated Disney Plus series. It, it is really wild. Those are two like giant prolific actors, you know. Very much so. Very much so. Uh, how about you, Arch? Uh, just a quick rundown of about that scene. What did you think about it? Yeah, I, I just like the setting and going back and visiting these things. Like, uh, like it's like little stuff too. Like the the fact that the pizza uniform that uh, Edward Norton had been wearing to get onto that campus was laying there, and that's that was kind of Natasha's clue. But it's fun. I, I thought that was the most interesting part, actually, in a weird way. I can't describe that it's it's the Ruffalo version of the character, but that was Edward Norton's movie. It was, I just found that kind of cool and quirky <laughs> and stuff like that. I, I actually love actor changes, by the way. Like, I, I would love to see like a long running series where they just change the cast like every single movie, but it's like 10 movies in a, row with <laughs> a bunch of different people playing them. And I, I think that have you ever seen Doctor Who? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah stuff like, like that. Like, yeah, quite like, the show for you, buddy. Yeah. They wrote it into the plot to give us an excuse for it to happen every once in a while. It's no, great. It's great. I, I think it's cool to like have changes like that. I think it just should be awesome to like continue like a running series like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I, I love, again, I'll refer, refer I mentioned at the beginning, but I do love the Hulk explosion. I, I, I just wish they had panned back and you just saw like ribs sticking out everywhere. And it was mm-hmm. just absolutely disgusting. Like, I think that would have been pretty cool. I kind of kept, kind of kept waiting for that to happen. I love Betty being there. Um, Ross being there. Yeah, I love the whole thing, man. I thought it was a, a cool, nostalgic throwback. So I enjoyed it. Nice, nice. I would agree, too. That was How about you, Liv Jeff? Tyler. Was it Cyber? Was that, that was not Liv Tyler, was it? No. Yeah. No, no, some, no, some Stephanie something her name was. Uh, yeah. she, I have no idea who she is. But, yeah, that wasn't her. At all, no. To be honest with you, um, the the um, that part of the episode didn't really do that much for me. Like, I mean, it, it, you know, it. um, I felt like, um, you know, uh, the only thing that I thought was interesting is is was when Black Widow was attacked. Um, and at first, and, and we don't, you know, we didn't know who it was who attacked her. I was thinking that maybe it was the Winter Soldier. You know what I mean? Like that's what I was thinking. Like that, and that, like you know, and then, um, you know, I'm not gonna. I don't want to like you know get too far in, into the end, but um, I just kind of felt like, um, having it turn out to be friggin' um, you know, uh, Hank Kim kind of surprised me. Like it was, it was kind of like very. It wasn't very impactful for me that he was like the bad guy. <laughs> Getting. Uh, not getting too far into the end, Hank Pym. Um, that just basically gave away everything, sir. Roll to credit. be fair, I was already accusing him. So, yeah. Good God, you were laying the nuggets. You were laying the nuggets. Oh my goodness. So uh, yeah, that that's a good point. That's a good point, Jeff. That's a very good point. But we're gonna move on here. We're gonna finish this episode up here since somebody gave us the clue. But so basically, after that whole incident, we see Black Widow. She's trying to do some research, and then all of a sudden, like everyone was talking about, maybe it was ghost, maybe it was you know somebody invisible attacking her, and she gets attacked and basically gets killed. 
One so of the names on her screen that she was looking at was Alexander Pierce, by the way. I'm laying some nuggets for the theory I had towards the end. So, Very yeah. true. Very true. That was on there, along with Hope Van Dyne, Hank Pym, mm-hmm. and another one. And uh, so as as that happened, you know, they're basically they have all the caskets and stuff like that. And Furyson has gone into um, this diner and Coulson's there and they start talking. And, you know, basically Coulson says, oh, you don't have any other Avengers to contact. And and Fury's like, no, there is one more. And he goes out to the car and he opens his glove compartment and he pulls out, uh, you know, the. uh 1990s pager that he got from a certain movie and basically referring to Captain Marvel. And I thought that was kind of an interesting nod, like saying, oh, there's one other I could talk to and uh, thought that was kind of interesting. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, I got to go talk to somebody, basically. I got to go somewhere. And he's like, I'm not sure. And Coulson's like, okay. And so then all of a sudden he goes over and he and he bumps into no, none other, another Thor thing. The the defender the the destroyer and I thought it was cool that they brought that into the episode I thought that was really cool and you know after that instant after that happens and it kind of all of a sudden just shows all of a sudden Nick in this you know uh, graveyard I'm like what actually what just happened like what's going on like and all of a sudden it shows Hope Van Dyne so in this universe Hope Van Dyne is dead uh, kind of like how they think that her mother is dead in the universe that we're used to. And so, basically, as we get to the end, all of a sudden, who pops up other than somebody that Jeff gave us the clue to, Mr. Hank Pym. So, after we find out that it's actually Hank that's done it this whole time, that he's the one trying to get revenge and all of this kind of stuff, which took an interesting turn, which I'm sure a lot of us were kind of like, oh, maybe we kind of probably figured out a little bit. Some of us might have been like, oh, no, I don't know who's going to be, you know. I thought it it kind of blew me away because I wasn't you know until they said like I was saying earlier I think until they said hope something and I was like when he's they said like oh the name's hope the name's hope from Black Widow I was like are they talking about Hope Van Dyne that's the first thing that came to my mind and so then when it showed Hank and he's actually the bad guy I was like holy crap I like I kind of figured this out from the get go so I wonder what are you guys' thoughts of when you saw that it was Hank Pym that was the uh, you know bad guy at the end of the episode. So, starting with you, Travis, what did you think about that? I uh, was pretty happy with it. I like that he's in the yellow jacket costume, pretty much a modified version of it. I like the shoulder pieces, which uh, kind of nods to uh, the comic version of yellow jacket, where he's got the silly uh, black bits on his shoulders. Uh, I like that Douglas is getting to be the lead uh, villain here. Uh, he's just support in the movies, which is fine, but, uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, I thought it was a very interesting turn having Hope be an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. following in her mother's footsteps, who also apparently passed away in some way in this universe, uh, yeah, it was just, they couldn't have told this episode what if Hope Van Dyne was, uh, an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., because then you would figure out who the uh, the suspect was pretty much immediately. Uh, and, yeah, just taking a character that we like, and I like how crazy he looks. It, it's fucking cool, in my opinion. And I, it worked for me. And uh, we didn't talk about it in the previous episode, but, like, the beating that he gives uh, uh, Black Widow is kind of brutal for uh, 
men on women violence, even uh, which is a recurring theme. With <laughs> I, I, I'm, 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 just, I'm just setting it up for John. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, infamous yeah. wife beater Hank Pym, right? <laughs> indeed, indeed. But yeah, that's all. Uh, I, I liked it. Good episode. Really, a great episode so far, in my opinion. Nice, thank you, thank you. Uh, how about you, Perry? What did you think about that when all of a sudden Hank Pin popped up? Yeah, that 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 was like the moment of like, oh, this is really interesting because it wasn't even like a character that was on my radar of like uh, who it could be. And like you said, as soon as they said like Hope, I was like, oh, that like that's when it started to click. I was like, oh, Hope and Dine, let's see like where this goes a little bit. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a, it was like a cool it was a cool twist for me. I didn't. Uh, I wasn't, I don't think I was like, I wasn't like blown away in like terms of like, oh my God, crazy twist. But like, I was like, oh, that's a creative way of like incorporating it in. I wish they had like planted that a little bit more in like the beginning a little bit. Um, but then again, it wouldn't have been quite the surprise, but it also maybe would have felt a little more like, uh, like justified, I guess. You know, because uh, it when you just get that kind of information uh, using like exposition, it, it can kind of feel like they can do any anything, you know, instead, if they had like tried to like story wise plant that seed a little earlier, it would have felt like the story was moving towards that. But also this is a 30 minute episode and they're trying to tell this this whole like movie and a half worth of like <laughs> story into 30 minutes so like i try not to get too like critical of that because it is what it is and it's an animation it's just for fun so i wasn't i i don't mean for that to sound like crazy critical or anything but that that was kind of my thought process was like oh like this is interesting there's this whole new like backstory to like the van dyne family that like uh that happened in this 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 universe and that's interesting and it led to this which felt like a good twist but it, it kind of also leaves that door open for anything can happen which is also good and bad i guess for me story-wise very true very much so yeah i would agree very much how about you john what did you think i liked how the like the whole premise and conceit of this episode up until this point was basically that it was this murder mystery. Who is it that's taking out these core Avengers before this entire thing goes on? And then we get obviously a reveal at the end that we were kind of expecting, not necessarily expecting it to be uh, Hank Pym, but expecting a reveal of who this killer is going to be. And up until that point, I pretty much had assumed it was going to be like Bucky and it was going to be a winter soldier thing. Cause a lot of the roads were kind of leading to it being something like that. But we also get the real reveal of, the episode that we weren't expecting the like double twist of like, what was the, what if, you know, this entire thing we thought it was, what if the Avengers got killed, you know, during Fury's big week, but then the actual, what if was no, it was what if hope Van Dyne decided to join shield. And then it spiraled this uh, like eight or 10 or 15 year spiral of events leading up until this. So like what else was different about the universe up until that point? Like, obviously, a lot of Hank Pym was different, which is a dope reveal because Hank Pym is the one kind of Avenger 
like classic Avenger where whenever that guy had a bad day or something kind of bad happened to that guy, he would like end up becoming a bad guy for a couple issues and just be this kind of like fucked up dude. And again, Travis was talking about how that fight sequence where he was smacking up Black Widow was pretty brutal. Hank Pym is, uh, is like infamously known for his first appearance as Yellow Jacket because he sniffed some fucking like magic uh, science stuff that he was working on and it drove him crazy. And he donned the yellow jacket costume, showed up at the Avengers mansion, threatened uh, Janet until she married him and then like beat her up on their wedding night. And then the, uh, the, the, um, <laughs> the uh, crime circus shows up at the wedding and like knocks my conscious. He remembers he's Hank Bim and he's, it's all good. But the kind of things that I was hinting at before is a lot of this seems like they're hinting up for some sequel baiting and we're going to get some continuations of these series. Uh, last week's Guardians episode is like, oh, I think we're going to get, you know, this Kurt Russell ego plot somewhere. I think they might be setting up some sequel bait for whatever, you know, the reveal of the new Avengers are. And I'm hoping that Alexander Pierce is the bad guy because I noticed they were talking about the mission where Hope died and it was in... Um, Odessa, Ukraine, and that's where Natasha says in the Winter Soldier where she met um, someone had shot out her tires and then she got out of the car and she got shot in the stomach and then the bye-bye bikini line bit from the Winter Soldier. Yeah. That's where she first encountered. So what if someone said, Hope, you're going to go instead of Natasha? You know what I mean? And setting up this entire thing, the mentions of Alexander Pierce, him being the puppet master with Bucky, like what if what if Pierce basically sent Bucky to assassinate fucking Hope's, uh, you know, what's his name's uh, daughter X amount of years before with the intention of like taking Fury down or some sort of maniacal shit. It's solid comic booky fucking storylines coming in like little 30 minute increments and and i fucking adore it i i really like this episode more than the previous installments too nice nice thank you how about you arch yeah i think everybody's covered it pretty well but i'll just i'll just add a couple of little things here um one this episode is is uh the best so far at building up a much more complex plot than than you thought was was really going to happen the other two were, were good and they did they did some unique things but they were largely kind of like slightly different versions of things we'd already seen the first one almost was a, a kind of a copy of, of really the first avenger almost verbatim i mean there's different things and they do some interesting things with it but this really offered something else like the moment she says hope I was really on the oh it's Hope Van it's the, the the villain is Hope Van Dyne but then there's another layer to that and you're like oh no no Hope's dead it's dad and you're like wow this gets really complex you're like wait what all happened in the past and there's there's this really underlying complex plot that happened there that you're kind of like trying to like think about afterwards so I, I thought I thought it gave you a lot to really digest um, uh, about what was really going on even the ending I don't know if you're gonna get to this in a second but the the old, you know the final showdown with with Hank. And what's how that really plays out is uh, I wasn't I mean, I guess if you were really thinking about it, you probably could have guessed your way into what's actually happening there. But I'm like, wait, what is Fury doing? How is this happening? And then you realize he'd had this kind of like uh, plot with Loki. So there's really a lot of, of, of meat at the end of at the end of this episode. I thought it was really great. Um, just to John's point, um, you guys have had uh, or Deathman on before. And if uh, you've ever talked to Deathman on Sakaar at all, he's he's a really big theorist in terms of 
this show building to a larger plot both within itself and possibly in the larger MCU. I don't know how far I'm going down that road at this point. I, I don't know if they're doing anything, but certainly last week's ending with Ego makes me think that they're going to get to more stuff. I don't know if there's a, like a big overarching plot or if they're just going to have a follow-up episode that has to do with things we've seen. I don't I don't want to go down that path too far yet, but there, there could be some stuff kind of simmering there. We'll see. But most definitely, most definitely, most definitely. How about you, Jeff? What, what did you think about when Hank Pym popped up? Uh, you know, like I said, it was. I mean, it, it was in, It was an interesting way to tie off the story. And like Arch said, you know, like um, the 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 it was the best plot that we've gotten, like the best story, um, we've gotten. Like you know, out of all these episodes or whatever, this has been the best one so far. This is the one that kept me the most connected and like tied into and everything to where I really wanted to watch it. I watched it twice, um, which I didn't do with the other episodes, to be honest with you. Um, I did watch this one twice. And, um, you know, like uh, like I said, I mean, um, I don't know. H- Hank Pym looked pretty cool. Um, like in dirt, like that, in that final scene versus like Fury, he looked pretty cool, um, you know, like in his armor and everything and whatnot. Like I thought it was pretty tight. Um, but, um, basically I'm just, re- I'm just jacked up and ready to, um, start, uh, watching, uh, the Eternals trailer. <laughs> yes, I know you are. And we're getting to it. So we're to finish us off here. Uh, basically, you know, once we see a Tink Pym, he fights Nick Fury. All of a sudden there's several Nick Furies fighting him. How is he keeping up? How is he doing this? And all of a sudden we find out that there's this awesome, uh, basically, he made a pact with Loki, and that Loki is helping him with this. And you know, basically, they stop Hank and they, you know, take him away. And then Loki decides he's going to stay on Midgard. And then all of a sudden, we get this giant scene where it's at the White House, and he's like basically taking over. So I don't know if that's like a a bigger plot that they're going to be going to, and eventually down the line with what if or not. But that's definitely I feel that's kind of like an ego thing too, like what they did with the uh, last episode. And then after that, it, you know, it shows Nick Fury and the caskets with uh, Coulson and all the, you know, Avengers that have passed. And then all of a sudden, right before the episode ends, all of a sudden we see Captain Marvel pop up and, you know, is ready for business. And I was very happy they had it where it was a long-haired version Captain Marvel, which I hate the short-haired version of Captain Marvel. I don't think it looks good. I think it looks horrible on, on Brie Olsen it's when they had her in... Uh, Endgame, uh, but I think that it was nice that at least they kept it that version of Danvers because I don't know I don't know if like because in this universe this is so different it could be not part of what happened with Endgame and so forth so because it's a different multiverse but I thought that was really cool and I really enjoyed it so that's pretty much what the culmination of the episode ended up happening for us I mean d- did any of you feel the same way about uh about seeing Captain Marvel, just briefly what you thought about it, her all of a sudden popping up right at the end, uh, starting with you, John. I might make mute because I was cackling because I, I was excited to see Captain Marvel. I, I, again, want to see Captain Marvel done some justice. I want to see Carol done some justice in the movies. And she is a really cool character. She's a little kind of like overpowered. She's gotten kind of push to the forefront as hey check it out this is important and then like i get all that stuff but i um i think deep down there's an awesome character there and 
I'm assuming that one of these episodes is going to be a uh, Captain Marvel episode. I don't know if we're going to get a continuation of this. I would really dig it because I think this episode planted a lot of cool seeds for some more. And I would like to see this Captain America, Captain Marvel. Who else are they going to recruit? So, um, yeah, I, I was excited. And I'm curious, um, who do you guys think the other Avengers in this squad are going to be? Because we have we don't have the Maximoffs yet. You know, we, we don't have Vision yet. We we don't have a lot of these superheroes that were just brought up, brought back, you know, because of, you know, Tony Stark or all of these, you know, characters that were just killed off. Like, we're, to we're gonna catalyze seeing, them. We're going to be seeing them, John, in the in the Eternals trailer. We're going to be seeing and <laughs> We're going to be seeing. Oh, yes, the memorable Icarus. Some <laughs> of those well, characters are going to be Avengers. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe Icarus will stick. Who knows? I would like yeah. to see Salma Hayek in, uh, in an Avengers movie someday. That sounds dope as fuck. So hopefully yeah. these characters work. Yeah. How about you, Travis? Uh, what did you think about uh, Captain Marvel popping up right at the end there? Oh, uh, it was fine. Like, it, didn't, it, it felt like a, just a way to uh, either sequel bait, like uh, John has mentioned, or a way to offset the down ending of like Loki in charge of all of Earth, pretty much. Uh, not that I really needed to offset the down ending. I like those, but uh, but yeah, yeah. I I don't have a preference between long haired uh, Captain Marvel or short hair. I like Mohawk Captain Marvel with the helmet personally and sash. And that's what I want for my Captain Marvel. But uh, yeah, yeah, it, it was fine. Uh, how about you, Perry? Yeah, I thought I thought that was like a it was a nice little nod, you know, like it was a nice little like say like there's still one, and then it shows like Captain America and this, and it's like there's still two, <laughs> you know, it's like that moment of like you know just playing those seeds, you know, like giving them giving us a little bit of hope for like the future of Earth, and not just leaving it on the note of like. Yeah, it's all <laughs> gone. <laughs> it's all done. Earth is taken over. Loki won this one, guys. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just—it was cool. It was cool because it's—it it sets up like that—that that like uh, David versus Goliath kind of battle going on, and that would be—that would be really cool to see that play out. Was um, Captain America the seventh day of Fury's big week? Didn't it end with them finding the shield? And the last page of that comic was him brushing off the ice, too, right? I think so. Yeah, because he was the last one. Um, mm-hmm. Uncovered. And then it yeah. was the Avengers was the next day. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great. How about you, uh, Arch? Yeah, I thought it was fun. Um, I for all the reasons you guys just said. Just uh, I, on a side thing, because I know Captain Marvel kind of sometimes tends to be this weird conversation somehow. I, first of all, I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was, I thought it was great. I thought I had a lot of like subtle goodness that goes on in it. Um, uh, the one thing I was going to get to eventually here is like I don't care what any actor does personally. I just don't give a shit. So like they could be completely like opposite of whatever I think like socially or politically and i don't care i don't fucking care so like i think a lot of objections to brie are like this personal basis thing and i don't give a shit so uh i I just think she's awesome as as the character i think uh, one thing i'll I'll say about her that just in terms of the actual films i thought she i think she has 
damn wide range. You can watch that movie and she's like happy. She's commanding. She's sad. She's like, you know, frustrated. She's angry. She's like deeply contemplative in certain scenes. So I think she brings a lot to the table. I really do. And I think she was solid in the role. Um, I come from a Captain Marvel background um, back in the 90s when she was still Miss Marvel and she was wearing the black leotard thing with the, the gold lightning bolt thing. So that that's my version of Captain Marvel. I do like the the outfit that they present her in. But I, when I think of Carol Danvers, I'm thinking of when she was still Miss Marvel. Yeah, a lot of fans think of her as like that hey, era particularly. She was like pushed I, up, you know. I just want to put it out there that like I I bust balls about Captain Marvel, but like I'm telling you right now, as a fan, when I was in the theater when I was watching Infinity War and it got to the end credits there and like Fury's you know beeper dropped and it was the Captain Marvel logo that popped up on that thing, I was as pumped and like excited about that shit as anybody in the theater. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. Very true. So before we get to the Eternal trailers, Jeff, you have any thoughts on the Captain Marvel pop-up? No, I just wanted to ask you, do you want to start off with Shang-Chi and then we can talk about that and then we'll do the Eternals? Or do you want me to just do both of them right in a row? We'll do one at a time, sir. All right. Okay, here we go. Play him at the... Throughout my life, the Ten Rings gave our family power. If you want them to be yours one day, you have to show me you are strong enough to carry them. You are a product of all who came before you. The legacy of your family. You are your mother. And whether you like it or not, you are also your father. I told my men, they wouldn't be able to kill you if they tried. Glad I was right. You're just a criminal who murders people. Be careful how you speak to me, boy. Shang-Chi trailer people, yeah. So we just want to give a proper uh, send out to both Arch and Perry. They both um, have other obligations to get to, so they have left us tonight. We appreciate having them on. It was great to have Perry back on. It was we're great the, to have Arch with us. Champions. We're still here. But we still have a great cast here still. 
My watch has told me twice, go to bed, go to bed. And I say, no watch. <laughs> good watch, good watch. No. It just said, how can I help you? <laughs> I had to mute it. <laughs> hey, it was good to see you, Perry. And we love you, Arch. Yeah, that was great yeah. getting to talk about that stuff. I, I'm always curious, too. They were talking about 90s Miss Marvel. I was like, oh, I love these guys. Yeah, so that was great. Great having them. So um, back to the Shang-Chi trailer. So that comes out next Friday, actually. And uh, it, I, when I first saw the first trailer for this, I was psyched as shit to see this film. The second trailer made it even more exciting. I cannot wait to see this film. Uh, I, I love the fact that we're getting more into the mystic arts uh, for the MCU. Uh, it's another great character that we're finally get to in, being introduced to, the Mr. Shang-Chi. We get the proper version of the Ten Rings in this film. Uh, we get a more proper version of the Mandarin. Uh, it just it looks like an amazing film. Uh, I can't wait to see this. So what are your guys' thoughts on at this trailer? Did you guys were you excited about it? Are you guys looking forward to it? What what are your thoughts? And let's start with you, Travis. Okay. Uh, yes, I am excited for it. I'm uh, just as a general rule, I'm excited for anything Marvel puts out. But uh, this uh, in particular, like Asian film is kind of uh, my bread and butter. Uh, so getting to see Asian actors get this opportunity to become uh, big stars, potentially, uh, is exciting to me, because there hasn't really been a uh, adventurable Asian star in a while uh, in Hollywood, so I'm hopeful for them. Who's the uh, current now, in your opinion, Travis? You think it's like Donnie Yen? Who Who's the current big breadwinner? Is it the guy who plays Han in Fast and the Furious? Maybe. Gonna... Well, I, I was thinking uh, Rinko Kikuchi from Pacific Rim. She's uh, uh, the closest thing, and that's obviously not like a, a big deal. Name. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, Donnie Yen is popular, but I don't think his movies really sell based on his name alone. Uh, mm. But yeah, yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, I mean, I'm also excited for Abomination Tears. Uh, being, <laughs> Uh, very, uh, fish-like. I'm, it was one of the oversights in the first movie. I like my comic book characters to look comic booky and silly a bit. I don't need, like, detailed explanations for why he has ears like that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that, and I'm, I've been avoiding reviews, but the general consensus seems to be that the trailers don't do it complete justice, which makes me happy. I'm excited about Tony Long as uh, the Mandarin, and making this character probably better than the comic book version and giving him a bit more nuanced character. Uh, yeah, it should be good. Um, I would agree. I would totally agree. Uh, what, what about you, Jeff? What do you think about this? What Are you looking forward to it? I think that I'm friggin' getting my Shang-Chi tickets right now, baby. Like, oh, them right now. I just paid for them, and I'm just wait. Oh, I'm all set, all set, baby. I got two of them because you know, like I know, and you know, Cyber, that between now and then, I'll meet some new chick that I want to take with me that night anyway. Humble brag. Yep. 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 That'll 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 legitimize, you know, like uh, our evening. You know what I mean? Before the debauchery comes in. So, uh-huh. like, anyways, um, you know. How would you, you know, like to talk about Shang Chi with me? <laughs> I would explain how I always thought his hey, name was Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi knows what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he knows what's up. But um, 
No, but uh, basically, I mean, I'm like super, super stoked for this movie. Like, I'm telling you, I mean, um, I don't understand why like Wong is like trying to go, get down hand to hand with fucking like the Abomination. Like, I'm not surprised he was getting his ass beat because like the Abomination's a beast. Like, I mean, I'm telling you right now, if um, if Professor Hulk, magic. if the Professor Hulk version of like Hulk that we got in Endgame fights the Abomination, the Abomination is gonna beat his ass. It's gonna be like Thanos whipping Hulk's ass again. Same thing. I'm telling you right now. But um, no. Um, what I think is just that I've heard a little bit of like doubt on on YouTube and like um in the media a little bit about Shang Chi that maybe like it's just gonna be like not so great or whatever or you know like it's it's being hyped up too much. But um, I feel like you know as always. I'm always confident and optimistic when it comes to anything that Marvel Studios produces. So, like, at that point, I'm going to go friggin' watch that damn movie and enjoy the fuck out of it. I'll tell you right now. I don't care, you know, what anybody says about it. I can guarantee you right now, I don't even need to see it yet. I'm going to enjoy the shit out of it, and it's going to be great. And, like, I'm going to leave the theater happy and, like, positive about it and everything. And, you know, like, I'll tell you right now, I don't know what I'll be rating it, but I know I'll be happy because... I like all the different elements that they have going on in the film. I do like, I like the, uh, the comic book stuff. Um, I like the way they're doing the 10 rings, like as bracelets or whatever, like that shit is awesome. It looks dope as fuck. Like seriously coming off and on like the, the Mandarin's arm, like that shit looks awesome. Um, with that, that image that you see when the trailer first starts and you can see him with, with the rings, just like hanging in there, suspended in the air and everything. Like that was awesome. I love that shit. But um, no, I'm like seriously, seriously stoked for this. I really am. Like, um, I can't wait to see uh what it's gonna be like when we actually get to see the whole like martial arts tournament deal that they're gonna be doing. And that's gonna be like, really cool. I keep forgetting that this movie's like an Enter the Dragon or Bloodsport or the Quest, and that the core of this movie is essentially like is. Bloodsport and Madripoor. That is fun you know and they didn't make it a white guy karate movie travis it's an actual asian guy karate movie which is nice too Mm -hmm. we have a subgenre of films that we refer to on the mcu beyond infinity podcast as white guy karate movies uh which are like blood sports and things like or the quest pretty much anything van damme was was in for a little while Mm -hmm. um yeah it looks so fun yeah, I, I also agree with you, Jeff, about the uh, the way they've adapted the Ten Rings themselves. Uh, oh, yeah. Of, uh, like an old martial arts film. Like, it's specifically, yeah. I want to say it's uh, Eight Diagram Pole Fighter. One of them was Gordon Lou. I mean, he wears bands similar to that. Uh, yeah, like a Master Killer film. Um, mm-hmm. the, I, absolutely. And and they had the the five and five. Um, it was a, the eight poles that you were talking about. And it's... Like this, this trailer definitely feels a little like I don't learn anything about Shang Chi as a character, though. You know what I mean? Like I don't know anything about this actor. Everything is kind of just a generic action movie line. And as a, I'm wearing, <laughs> I wore as a joke today a Fast and Furious shirt that says Familia and the Dom Toretto cross. As a guy who likes big dumb action movies, this looks like a really fun big dumb action movie. Mm-hmm. But one of the like the linchpin that makes Marvel a little different than a lot of these big dumb action movies, like Bloodsport or. Uh, I don't know. I just saw Snake Eyes, and I kind of like Snake Eyes. I walked out of the theater happy. The the there's 
a level of quality that we obviously expect from the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Disney and Marvel Studios. And that is at its core about the characters and about the lore. And I, do you guys think that, you know, this trailer kind of just shows more of the action bits? It appeases, like, it looks like a generic action trailer in a lot of ways with these cool cosmic elements. Do you know what I mean? But that's okay, though. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But I, I hope at its core, it's it's more towards like we get a cool character that we're going to be excited to see pop up as well and and develop a franchise out of Shang Chi. That would be really fun. Um, I feel I feel that the first trailer is very generic. The mm-hmm. second trailer is a lot more in depth and a lot better, and I don't feel it's generic at all. I think that this actually shows that it's going to be a really well done film. And also, I mean, the fact that it, you know, the Rotten Tomatoes are already come back on it. It's eighty six percent right now, yeah. fifty six reviews. So that's that to me is a good sign if the critics are saying that already about it. And I mean, with it only come, you know, only a week away, almost, you know, to, you know, Friday will be a week that it's coming out from. Uh, you know, usually if a film is, you know, subpar, you know, usually if the critics say it's subpar, usually it's a pretty decent film, and I usually enjoy it. Of course. So I have a good feeling about this film i think it's going to be one of those ones that's gonna kind of like surprise people and i think they're gonna like it more than they thought they were going to and i feel that's what this is probably going to be one of those films this year you know of the marvel films besides spider-man spider-man everyone's gonna love because that'll be a guaranteed hit yeah yeah that's gonna be a guarantee you have john watts back anyway so i mean that's the key right there might be like a might actually be like a blockbuster like that one might actually make solid money in the box office yeah i think it will I think it very much will, especially coming out Christmas time. And, uh, but yeah, I think like that Shang Chi out of the four that have, are going to be coming out this year will be that surprise hit where th- they weren't expected to do as well. And it actually does. I'm really hoping without the Disney Plus release too that it gets some really good second and third week numbers mm-hmm. in. And this becomes this and Eternals, especially, I think are going to need it because they're not like a very well-established existing IP or an IP that's beloved. Like even Ant-Man could come out now and do kind of well. Black Widow was, you know, an, a character established in the past. I'm hoping that like Guardians or some of these, you know, the first Ant-Man film, we get some good second, third week block box office returns. And, and this movie becomes like a word of mouth thing. It's basically what I was trying to get at. You know, I, I'm going to bet 20 bucks right now that Shang-Chi will be a better movie than the Eternals. I yeah, I would agree with you on that. I think so too. I might like Eternals more, but um I think Shang-Chi is gonna do better at the box office and be the, the popular favorite, I think. Yeah, most definitely. I would agree with that. Uh just to throw a shout out to Isaac in the comments, Mr. Skywalker. Uh hello to you, sir. And yeah, that's awesome that you changed it to your favorite Jedi character, uh Luke Skywalker from Return of the Jedi version of him. That's great. Uh, good to see you here in the comments. Also, just Cosmic Man, thank you for your comments, too, as well. Um, Shang-Chi was a nobody in the comics. Now he's solid gold in the hands of Feige, which I would agree. And then <laughs> uh, he also he also brings out the pan, uh, part. He's like, Mandarin will finally get justice. I would agree there with you, especially because I'm sure a lot of people... I think most people agree that the Mandarin version we got in Iron Man 3 wasn't <laughs> what everyone was looking for. Uh, e- even if it was Ben Kingsley... Or, you know, the Ben Kingsley version or the, you know, Guy Pierce version, still at the same time, it's like, okay, you know, 
that wasn't really the Mandarin, but still, <laughs> yeah. you know, we'll finally get a decent Mandarin, hopefully, in Shang Chi here with. What, what yeah. are your thoughts on the Mandarin guys? I, you know, oh Jeff shit, badass dude. He's fucking sounds like a beast. What What are your thoughts on? I'll rephrase the Mandarin <laughs> twist from Iron Man three. Like, how do you did you guys feel at the time of that? And and I don't care. All I care about is that Tony Wong is playing Mandarin now. That's all that matters to me. Yeah, they brought it back. They brought it back. I, I like I love Iron Man three. That's why I was asking. And and I know a lot of people. It's a sore subject. And this is finally like we got it. Like you know, there's a big fanfare for the Mandarin right now. Yeah, I, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I was going to say that. Uh, the Ben Kingsley course would have bothered me if the Dikers uh, version was better. Uh, that was just like a nothing character to me. Uh, and uh, like the, the lame dragon tattoos it didn't do it for me visually. He breathes uh, fire on Gwyneth Paltrow in uh, her underwear, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> he does, he does. But also at the time I was disappointed because I didn't think they'd ever take another crack at the character. I didn't realize they were going to make these movies until we die, uh, pretty much. Uh, what do you guys think about Namor going to be in Black Panther 2, man? Like, are you guys excited? Travis, are you, are you excited? Travis. I literally have a Namor avatar right now. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I I know. That's why I, that's why I asked you. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. There I, it I'm is. excited. I uh, hope they don't go full villain with him because I want him to stick around for a while. And I, I know uh, in the comics, the reason that him and Black Panther have such... Uh, such strong issues it has to do with the flooding of Wakanda I don't think you can uh, have Namor do anything that evil and then redeem the character Taika Waititi Taika Waititi killed Asgard did he not? (laughs) yeah but no one likes we didn't spend enough time in Asgard to really care about those people everyone kills (laughs) Asgardians yeah Uh, killing Wakanda would be a touchy thing right now that would probably not be the best thing Just in, yeah, yeah. I, I'm excited. I hope he is as arrogant as, as he is in the comics. That's one of the things that I enjoy about Namor. He's a mutant, he's, too. Hmm? He's a mutant, too. Yes, yes. I'm not, like, I almost never think of him as a mutant, but yes, he is. Uh, so, yeah, I guess he will technically be the first mutant, uh, unless he, we count that guy from Black Widow that I don't. Uh, yeah, or the bear guy. <laughs> he's yeah, the first yeah. major. Yeah, first major. Yeah, yeah, very true. Very true. You're also getting the the best. Well, one of the best of many, the best Fantastic Four side characters with Namor too. And knowing that Fantastic Four is going to be closing out (laughs) this phase, Namor. You know, Jeff, you mentioned. You know, he's also an X Man, but he's also like one of the best Fantastic Four well, he's, and, he's and longest running Fantastic Four mutant. recurring characters. What's he's that? He's never he was never an X Man. He was he's half mutant. Oh no, he's a mutant man. He's oh, a, yeah, he's yeah. an Atlantean yeah. born with a mutant gene, right? Yeah. He was, he was yeah. a member of the X Men at one point, but he's not like Regular, a right? regular member, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whenever yeah. they were doing the uh the Hope Summers storyline with the complex and all that. And he's, he's a member of <laughs> He's currently allowed on Krakoa for the uh for the Hellfire Gala. So he was invited to Emma Frost uh <laughs> big big party on uh, Krakoa. Travis, do you want to see shirtless uh tidy whities timely comics or shoulder pad Namor? What which would be your most preferred? Or like uh, open leather jacket with big shoulder pads is what I would personally like. Yeah, I, I don't I know it's a classic and everything, but I don't need like green, uh, skelly, uh, (laughs) 
speedo really that uh, maybe it's like a brief joke but mm-hmm. yeah, put some pants on the guy you mm-hmm. have those be scaly like the, the so there's my avatar mm-hmm. right now something like that where he's got like that chitin armor or whatever mm-hmm. yeah yeah even where to give him a ridiculous collar like he had whenever he was like, <laughs> messing around with the x-men i'd find that too but i want him to dress uh, regally i guess uh, yeah well, it, with it being Marvel, you know, and, uh, you know, how, how they do, like, how they did with Aquaman, uh, you know, with the DC Universe anyways, they how they did it. Um, I mean, I feel like just with how the rest of, you know, like, how Thor, the, you know, they looked and all that stuff in, you know, the, how they try to keep it, you know, away from certain things. I feel that Namor will probably be dressed a certain regal way because yeah. of how they want to, you know, they want to keep it you know, aesthetically pleasing to the eye, you know what I mean? So yeah. even though you probably want, you know, like that type of, you know, version of Namor, you're probably not going to get it, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I loved the Aquaman movie, uh, even though it did make me a bit sad because it, it made me think that it showed that an Aquaman slash Namor type of movie can be a big success, but DC got to the punch first, so yeah. Marvel's not going to attempt it for a while, probably. Because they don't want to be seen as a ripoff, even though Namor came first. But introducing the character in Black Panther, look what Marvel was able to do with Mumbaku. Literally a character Mm -hmm. called the Man-Ape, who is like not only kind of forgotten and just like, oh, leave that character alone. Like having these other tribes and these other kingdoms kind of with their own kind of regalness and their own kind of royalty travis like i think introducing him in black panther and having oh we have to go visit this cocky king for help or something along those lines and you know it's a good way to to, to introduce a character as this as we would like to see very comic booky um kind of jerk basically we want to see this kind of kind of rich royal like dickhead that is mm-hmm. namor Oh, before we get off the top of name, I want to respond to Cosmic Man in the comments. I haven't figured out how to comment over there. Uh, <laughs> it, it is more complicated than it should be, probably. But yes, Savage Submariner would be a fucking dope super live action. Hell yeah. Very much so. So to finish, to finish off our podcast, we're going to just drop the Eternals trailer real quick and just give a brief few thoughts on that. Mr. Jeff? Five years ago, Thanos erased half of the population of the universe. But the people of this planet brought everyone back with a snap of a finger. The sudden return of the population provided the necessary energy for the emergence to begin. How long do we have? Seven days. We're Eternals. We came here 7,000 years ago to protect humans from the deviants. Why didn't you guys help fight Thanos? Or any war, all the other terrible things throughout history? We were instructed not to interfere in any human conflicts unless deviants are involved. By who?
need to find the others. I haven't seen some of them for centuries. Hi. Hello. This is what the end of the world looks like. At least we have front row seats. You know what's never saved the planet? Your sarcasm. loved these people since the day we arrived when you love something you protect it So that was a fantastic trailer. Oh boy! Uh, oh boy! This oh was boy. such a great. This is such a great trailer. Um, I mean, you know, as Travis me- or as John mentioned here, he's like, I could just watch Selma Hayek riding a horse for three hours. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's really awesome. Uh, I think it's enjoyable. Uh, I liked how this trailer basically gave us a little bit more of what we were looking for. For an Eternals trailer showing us some action, some celestials, all this kind of stuff. We got a little bit more of the other people that are, are part of the film. We got to see them in action, such as Mon Johnny. We got to see Brian Tyree Henry kind of do the, something, too, as well. Uh, I mean, we saw a little bit more of Angelina Jolie kicking some butt. Uh, but, uh, I mean, definitely, I mean, the first trailer was very Richard Madden-centric, I felt. Like, we all we saw was him, pretty much, and then uh, the... Uh, I forget the Asian lady's uh, name that was in Captain Marvel. Um, but she is a character that we saw get killed off in Captain Marvel and then return in this as a different character. Uh, but I really enjoyed this trailer. I thought it was it, it made me have a much more better appreciation for wanting to see this film now uh, versus, you know, that first trailer. Because that first trailer, I felt the movie looked like garbage. I'm not a huge fan of Chloe Zhao. I don't think she... She's not, to me, a superhero type of filmmaker, especially with, you know, her winning Best Director and Screenplay for, you know, her Nomadland, which is basically almost like a documentary-style type of film. Um, you know, she's really good at cinematography. Yes, I give her that. Um, but that first trailer did not do it for me, but this one definitely did. What were your guys' thoughts? Uh, how about you, Jeff? What did you think this time? Oh, basically uh, that um, Icarus looks a lot like Superman. Um, like, like Zack like, Snyder Superman. Yeah, Zack mm-hmm. Snyder Superman. Yeah, yeah, exactly what. It, yeah, how he looks. Yeah. Um, and um, I thought that Angelina Jolie looked really good. Uh, she, I guess her her 
ability is that she can just create weapons out of thin air, like with like energy and shit like that. Um, like that's her ability. Uh, and I like that. I think it's pretty cool. Um, I think that, um, I don't know. I mean, it was nice to see some action scenes. Like mm. it definitely changed things up for me a lot to actually see that. I, I We still didn't get to see Black Knight really doing anything like, you heard Kit Harrington talking, but like you didn't really see him, um, and he wasn't like like the Black Knight. So you saw him hanging out in front of a laundry mat. <laughs> I like I would have liked to have seen the Black Knight actually like using his sword and everything. Like that would have been cool. I would have dug that. Ebony blade. Yeah, that would yeah. be cool. Yeah, that's basically it. That's that's about the only thing that I really thought like seeing it again. It's just that like they should have they should have shown the Black Knight more like. I mean, um, it, honestly, from a comic book standpoint, it doesn't even make any sense to mix like the Black Knight with the Eternals. Like, it doesn't even like work. But it is what it is. I mean, at least you got to see more of you know Kit Harrington in this trailer. I mean, it was yeah. a lot more visible this time around. You know what I mean? So, I mean, you had him talking to uh, Geva Chan, asking why didn't you guys you know help with Thanos. Then you saw him with the bus when it got turned into the butterflies or hearts or flowers or whatever the hell it was uh, by that other internal, um, which I thought, you know, even though it wasn't exactly the Black Knight and everything, I still thought it was nice. At least they got to show him a little bit more in the trailer, a little bit more visible. Uh, I definitely thought. How about you, Travis? Okay. Uh, I'm happy to be finally going to see the Celestials. That's what I've been waiting on since this was announced. Uh, the Eternals, I don't care about these characters yet. I'm hoping they can change it. But the Celestials, I find super fascinating. Uh, I think the designer role is good. I'm a little... Uh, they don't really show you much of the legs. That's the one area where I'm not completely in love with their design. But I, I think they wanted to make them look less human. That's uh, the judge, I think. Yeah, he, his design looks like he's on the searcher, but I, I've heard that they're going to kind of uh, call him Ereshem, which is slightly <laughs> different. Uh, Do you think uh, Rob Liefeld designed the Celestials, and that's why we only see them from the uh, knees up, and we don't get to see their feet yet? Oh, uh, yeah, possibly. Yeah, we'll know <laughs> if they, they develop pouches at some point uh, throughout the movie. Yeah. The, uh, Maybe the they're robots. <laughs> yeah, uh, the style of the movie looks more uh highbrow sci-fi like something like uh, arrival or blade runner where it's going i don't know if it's going to connect with general audience the same way that most marvel movies do uh, i hope it does but we'll see uh i uh i do know what they say that the reason they didn't interfere with the whole Thanos thing was because they only interfere in deviant issues but in the comments, Thanos is, has the deviant gene, so uh, a slight change from comic books or, but the comics aren't the movies that uh, changes will be made. Uh, this in general, I'm kind of curious to hear what John thinks about it, because the <laughs> heroes are still more like DC heroes, where they're basically gods, and they do things that are on a whole nother power level. Uh, they re they really do, right? And uh, there's so someone, 
Uh, yes. Muted, but, yes. But Travis, again, like uh, someone in the comments right now, um, Cosmic Man, shout out Cosmic Man with the with the good info and and mm-hmm. um, and Disco Submariner, which hopefully we'll uh, write a song about someday. We wrote a Disco Vision song on our podcast. So, um, <laughs> but the later Kirby stuff is very almost highbrow for comics and really heady for comics and. The New Gods and all of the work that he did over at DC, Travis, that you're kind of referring to, where it's like they kind of feel more like DC characters. Mm-hmm. They're they're really powerful, almost overly powerful, with a very complicated, very mythological-based um, origin story. And actually, Jeff, you, you were saying, like, I don't really get, like, where from a standpoint would, like, the Black Knight fit into all of this stuff but they mentioned these things in this trailer the emergences right do you, do you hear this guys yes so they have these events in the eternals lore and like the lore of the marvel comics called like the great cataclysms and yeah. you know it, it'll like yep, yep yep and and a couple of them have occurred and that's where, what, that's where atlantis was uh was sunk that is where our boy namor uh, founded the uh, city of Atlantis. Yeah, exactly. A lot of Namor's origin is tied up in all this, but a lot of like again, a lot of the Marvel origins of the entire world and Earth are tied up in stuff that was you know written by Jack Kirby in the late seventies, and it's really heavy sci-fi shit. Um, but again, one of the great cataclysms happened around the time of uh, the Middle Ages, and Morgan Le Fay and like Merlin are actual. <laughs> superhero characters in the comic books and you know the ebony blade is tied into all of that so the eternals have fucked around in the middle ages so um how much of this are they going to explore i have no idea do i think that this is going to connect with audiences like kingo is not baby Groot. you know what i mean like um (laughs) i don't think my mother is going to buy a you know kingo toy with sexy um Camille Nengiani on it, the way that she bought like a baby Groot toy and put it on her desks. And so some of the risks and stuff that Marvel's thrown at the wall in the past, like the Guardians, these relatively unknown characters, you know, they 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 stuck to the wall for a reason because they're kind of adorable and they have these defining features. How much of us, in terms of like being a general audience, are going to stick to these? you compared it to Arrival and Blade Runner 2099, these kind of more highbrow concepts. I have no idea. Um, Cyber, you mentioned um, not liking Chloe Zhao. Is that correct? You don't really dig her? No. Wow. Okay. Yeah, have you seen all of her? I I think she's a a really good filmmaker. I think it's so weird that she is making a Marvel film. That's, That's kind of why I, you know, not necessarily my first pick, you know? Yeah, I, de- I checked out her other two films that she's directed uh, after I saw No Man Land, and I just thought No Man Land was very overrated. I did not care for it. I thought if they were going to make a documentary about the Nomads, I totally would have gotten the film. But sure. this movie was made like it was supposed to be like a drama, you know, type of mm-hmm. film, and it did not have that feel for me at all. And I love, oh, you know, uh, what's her name? McDonald. Frances McDormand. Yeah, from, or Frances McDormand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love her as an actress. I think she's fantastic. I loved her in Three Boards outside Ebbing, Missouri. I loved her in Fargo. Loved her one in of her best living anything. actresses. Yeah, one of the best yeah. living actresses. Yeah. And so, like, <laughs> seeing her in that film, I didn't feel like she fit in it. 
Okay. Even Michael Strahan in it. I sure. think he didn't fit into it. Like these are great actors and actresses that you know are amazing in any movies, but they could not keep me attached to this film. I was just so bored to death with this film, and it just felt like it should have been a documentary. Yeah. Uh, you know, if it made it, if they, if she had made it as a documentary, I would have enjoyed it way more. Yeah, shout out to Cosmic Man with the good information too. By the way, with the uh, the Kirby tying things into the origin, because that's very much what the Eternals kind of did. You know, Jack Kirby did a lot of that cosmic stuff over at DC when you know him and Stan had the kind of infamous fumes in the '60s, and he left to go work for DC, and he did the New Gods, and we got Dark Side and Orion and all this great cosmic stuff and Mister Miracle. And then once he left DC and he came back to Marvel to play nice. You know, he kind of tried to do the same thing there. And um, it's it's just really big stuff. And, and like you were saying, Cyber, like Chloe Zhao isn't like I don't think of her as like a big director. I think of her as a very personal director. I can see not enjoying her films. They're very well shot. Do you guys like the natural lighting that's going on in this um in this because it doesn't look like it's filmed on like stages or CGI, you know, the CGI, obviously they're CGI. Those gargoyle things are supposed to be the deviants, correct? <laughs> the yes. former gargoyles. Cool. Um, but it, it doesn't look like it's filmed on a back lot in Atlanta. It looks like it's filmed like, you know, out in an actual set. Like it's cool. You know, I just hope it connects with people because I think I'll enjoy it. I, I like these kinds of movies. I just hope it connects with people. Most certainly. Uh, you had something you would like to add, Travis. Yeah, yeah. One last thing about the Eternals that I'm excited about uh, is just the world building. Like, Even if I don't like these characters much, getting some of the origins of the MCU, that is interesting to me. In the comics, the Celestials had a hand in the mutants and everything like that. I don't think we're getting mutants here or anything like that, but just... Uh, letting uh, general audiences know more about uh, how everything came to be in this universe uh, is exciting to me. Uh, even if they don't get to make another one, uh, I, I do think they should be applauded uh, for taking a, a risk for this one, especially with how often they're criticized for being formulaic. Uh, yeah, very much so. Did you have anything to say, Jeff? Yeah, just that um, I think that uh, honestly, um, it's it's one of the it's a weird it's a kind of like a weird topic just because with the Eternals, I don't know what like the um, what the big demand was to like do the Eternals like nobody really was asking for it to begin with you know what I mean so um, <laughs> you know Inhumans was already taken I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know if we had the X-Men yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's uh, good. Hey, you know what? Um, I'm sure you guys have probably already heard the like how this how how people are are framing things to where like now this could suddenly be how they would do mutants. Sure. Mm -hmm. Like right off this whole like concept of like the the cosmic energy off of like the snaps and shit like that. Absolutely. We've seen the Infinity Stones grant so much power in this universe as it is. And Marvel and, and comic book storytelling in general has this tendency to use MacGuffins like the Infinity Stones or the Mother Boxes or something along those lines. Or the, uh, the Captain America serum for the Ultimate Universe in like 2000. Like the entire universe was framed around 
you know, trying to reinvent Captain America. That's where all the mutants came from in the Ultimate Universe. So I could very well see the MCU doing like something, you know, with the Infinity Stones and just basing the foundation of how they introduce all these new kinds of powers and stuff as the MacGuffin or the Catalyst. Because Travis, right, they're doing Miss Marvel based off Infinity Stones and not as an Inhuman already, correct? It's a little unclear. Uh, there's a lot of rumors about that one and some of the concept that's come out with it. It's very different than what I was expecting. Like, her costume's good, but there seems to be some sort of energy going that she's wielding, so the rumor is they're going to be changing her power from being stretchy and elastic and all that to having, like, Green Lantern-esque powers, which I'm hoping is not the case. Uh, <laughs> I, I want the stretchy stuff for that, yeah. Uh, but it doesn't appear like I don't think they're going to come from the Terrigen mist. Do you? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you guys. I want to ask you guys you a couple questions. Your... I'm sorry, sure. Carol. I didn't mean to cut you off, but let me just ask you guys a couple questions. So, um, where are you guys at with your podcast in terms of like when are you guys going to like try to do some like actual like Infinity Saga reviews and stuff like that? Like, are you guys <laughs> going to get into doing that or? Hmm. We've done um, what we've called our giant-sized episodes in the past, and uh, we've been doing it with our basically in phases. And we've used that as an opportunity in between the series that have been coming out, where there isn't any new weekly content because yeah. you know we we post weekly. The episodes used to come out on Fridays. Now they come out on Wednesdays. So we would watch the episode on Friday take down as much information and, and call each other as excited as possible about the new episode of whatever Marvel shit we were talking about on Saturday and record it and put it out every Sunday. And um, in between that, obviously, you know, we didn't think about like, what the fuck are we going to do in these weeks in between? Uh, one of the things yeah. that we've been doing is, is covering um, the giant sized episodes where we've been doing phase one, phase two and we still have phase three and we were talking about actually dividing it up in between you know the the first beginning of it and the second of it because we tend there's so much to cover in in those episodes you know what i mean and there's so much to cover that um we would really i think in the future travis we're going to end up going film by film or doing a yeah, commentary yeah. At, at a certain you know? point, they they do kind of don't get the justice they deserve whenever we bulk do them but also, we've talked about each of these movies so much over the years that it's hard to yeah. uh, well, get guests on to help with the uh, just hearing perspectives we hadn't heard before and mm -hmm. kind of give a lot of why they're wrong and why we're <laughs> right. And well, that's that's one, one thing I can tell you right now that you'll accomplish if you join Sakar. Uh, if you if you go on Sakar that we're from Arch where Arch is from, Sakar.freeforums.net. Uh, um, if you go on there and you join, um, like you can, you can be, a, you can guest on the podcast of champions and the, expose like yourself to like all of their different people there. And they guest on my shows all the time. So, you know, like, and they're very reliable people. Like, you know what I mean? Like they all contribute very well in their own way and everything, you know? So, um, like I've worked with a lot of the, the, the people over there, um, and uh, you know, I'm just saying, like you guys should think about checking it out. Seriously, um, it's uh, sakar.freeforums.net. And if you guys just go on there and make a profile or whatever, Grandmaster will like approve it, and you'll be on there. Mm -hmm. Can we get one more plug in before? 
uh, we wrap oh, up yeah, the episode. Go, go. Plug away, brother. Yeah, yeah. Plug away, man. Get after it. You want to plug the Facebook group too, John? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm giving all the... I'm asking. I feel like you're the one doing the plug. Uh, yeah, I, I, I have a tendency to you, ramble. You've got as long as you need, brother. You go ahead and plug plug away, man. Yeah, we do. Have, we have the uh, MCU Beyond Infinity Facebook group, and um, Travis and I started it right around with uh, our co-host, Kira, um, right around the time that we started the podcast. And, you know, it, it is very active and we have a ton of people in there not just talking about, you know, the Marvel movies, just everything in general, films in general. And and we've cultivated this, like, pretty positive and, like, spam-free corner of the internet that we're, we're kind of proud of at this point. So, yeah, definitely check out the MCU Beyond Infinity Podcast Facebook group. Do you want to plug any podcast? Is on okay. Spotify. Uh, and that's where I um, mainly link to whenever I post about it in our group. And it's MCU Beyond Infinity. And yeah, it's available on all the various uh, podcasting uh, sources. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, listen, guys, um, I'll definitely make sure that I get you back on here again during this what if series. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, probably not next week, but like maybe the week after that or something like that. I'll check in with you guys and see what's going on. And, you know, I've already let you know that, like, I'm out there for you guys. If you want me to come on on Saturday night, one of these nights and guest on the show and do one of your reviews or whatever, I'd be happy to join, you know, join up and, you know, let you guys moderate and everything. And like, you know, I'll guest on your shit. Oh, dude, you would love it. We literally sit around for three hours and, and yeah, yeah. interrupt each other mid-thought. <laughs> There's moderation is a foreign concept. There is no moderation. Beforehand, so I can like make sure I have got, I've got a couple of alcoholic beverages lined up. And oh, please, yeah. please get ready for the text messages. Can you turn your voice down to a light roar, please, in the middle of it? <laughs> For real. Speaking so, of which, I'm getting a bunch of those. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you guys want to plug anything else? Uh, check out my buddy, um, Androids Amazing Podcast, from the fine folks yes. over at Androids Amazing Comics in Sayville, New York. They are my local comic book store. Um, Anthony, James, Hunter, and the entire gang over there at Androids Amazing Comics in Sayville, New York are the absolute best. Um, support your local comic book shops, please. They are not only, you know, brick and mortar institutions that you could be supporting, but they are also really good places to cultivate um, like-minded people where you can find something that could potentially change your life in a very creative and positive way. So yeah, support your local comic book stores. And if you're from New York or Long Island, go check out the guys at Androids because they're the best. All right. And at that point, um, for the MCU's bleeding edge, we are basically going to close things out. I just want to go ahead and thank uh, Cosmic Man for all the great mm -hmm. comments during the show and everything. Um, Isaac, thanks for checking in. Um, you know, uh, it was a great show, guys. Uh, John, uh, Travis, I've really enjoyed uh, getting to know you guys. And um, we had a, I had a really good time, you know, uh, working with you tonight and everything and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully I'll see you soon. And um, John, hopefully you and I will talk soon about that uh, DC show that like I want to try to put together. Man, <laughs> you want to hear me talk about Zack Schneider? <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> I, haven't, I, I still haven't done one single review of Justice League uh, Spider Cut. We just did our uh, first DC show. We called it The Fortress of Solid Dudes. And that is a name that I've had in my head since I was a uh, five-year-old boy. So yeah, I would love to do that. That would be a ton of fun, Jeff. And thank you again.
And Travis, I look forward to uh, rambling with you on Saturday, my friend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, covering the same thing. Covered, I got all my notes ready. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been fun. Uh, it has been fun. Thank you. Yeah. All right, guys. All right, everybody. It was – It was. I, I and, and, hey, for everybody out there who ends up catching this later on when this is no longer a live stream and it just becomes a video and everything, we really appreciate all of you. Please subscribe. Um, and, uh, God bless all of you. And, uh, we'll see you next Wednesday night, no matter what, uh, rain or shine at 9.05 PM Eastern, 6.05 PM Pacific, getting after it, covering episode four of the, what if Disney plus series, um, and then, you know, and, and actually doing the Spider-Man three trailer. So that's going to be freaking dope as, as fuck. Just like, uh, John Cena said in, uh, uh, suicide squad. <laughs> All same right, bad time, same bad channel. Peace out, y'all. We are Venom. <laughs>